So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you're listening to this. This is Match Media alongside my critic of Padding Crime, Rakan Medina. Yeah, hello, hello, hello. And this is another episode of BBB Radio. And before I forget, happy belated birthday. Hope it was a great one. I imagine you went to see John Wick 4 on your birthday. I could be wrong. You could let oh, me know yeah. quickly. I, I, I studied. You had mentioned somebody. I was like, oh, yeah, right. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually see a movie that day. I just went, um, you know, no, well, I just chill out, uh, had dinner. It just had a real good dinner. That was at some new thing restaurant, a new sushi restaurant down south. I tried out and I'm like, all right, yeah, it is good. That was it. Right, nice, nice, nice. Well, mm-hmm. Alicia, Alicia had fun on your day, man. So, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? All right, but uh, because of that, now you know we we are late to the party here. So yes, we will finally talk about John Wick Chapter Four. You know, after everybody on on God's Green to talk about how amazing the movie is, right? But yeah, we we share our our thoughts on it. Uh, we may get a little spoilery, just just a couple of things that I want to bring up. You know, what I mean, in terms okay. of um, you know where where the franchise could go, so to speak. Uh, we will talk about Dungeons and Dragons on Among Thieves. We will also talk about Tetris, which is the new bio thriller, if you will, <laughs> by um, biography, bi- biographical slash thriller film that came out right. uh, through Apple TV a couple of days ago. And um, I will talk about Star Wars: The Bad Batch season two, which I might as well start off with because you didn't see it, right? No, yeah. I, well, right. I don't watch any of season two. I watch one episode, I think. Okay. Wow. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. All right. Well, let's waste no time now. Let's jump into season two of The Bad Batch, right? So um, we, we, we covered the first season. Um, I, I really did enjoy it. But, um, you know, my concern going in was because I didn't really watch the entirety of, you know, the Clone Wars or Rebels. Well, actually, I only saw the first season of Clone Wars and I never watched Rebels. And... Right. The, the reason, I mean, believe it or not, is, is, is I mean, forgive me, but it was just that art style just didn't work for me at all. Ever since I saw it in the Clone Wars feature film, I was like, no, I don't like this sort of wooden, you yeah. know, style, marionette yeah, yeah. kind of style. Yeah. Yes, no, 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 right? But over the years, uh, you know, I was just hearing about how it was just filling the gaps between the the, the um the live action film so well now you know but unfortunately i just didn't get around to watching um you know more of the clone wars and and especially rebels i haven't seen any of rebels to be honest i just right. you know mostly familiar with a character to a show like oh okay this character was in this show all right and oh right. there's there's young saw guerrera all right cool right. nice yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah stuff like i think that. i think uh i think recently a character from rebels showed up in um the new mandalorian, oh, oh, mandalorian. yeah that yeah. that episode I will lie to you, right? So I was actually kind of binging this show over like about a week or so, right? And <laughs> while I was wrapping up, you know, this season here, I, I, my mind just kept going back to how awesome and kick-ass, um, oh gosh, that, that episode of, of Mandalorian was, right? and it was yeah. just... Such, it was just a, a crowd pleasing episode, but that's what it was. I was, I was cracking up at certain points, right? But when we get to that show, we'll talk about that, right? But um, I, I, matter of fact, as, as we bring in a Mandalorian, right? So the thing is with this show is that, all right, so to be honest, I know there's a lot of people who kind of tired of the Star Wars TV shows. This kind of start um, tired of the Star Wars media, you know what I mean? Is you know, it's uh, Mandalorian, it's Boba Fett, it's um whatever what it was obi-wan kenobi right so 
I know there's a lot of people who more or less kind of turn their back on, you know, the, the, the franchise. They're just sort of fed up with it. They just think it's just kind of spinning its wheels, right? Right. So it would make sense for people to just say, Bad Batch, eh, I don't really care, right? But, you know, the first season I, I, I thought was, was, was pretty decent for what it was. I wasn't blown away by it. I wasn't in love with it, right? But I just love that idea of these, you know, um, misfit, you know, clone troopers. So you, you know, you, you, you're getting sort of like a, a duty dozen kind of thing. But yeah. it's just with these, well, you know, just this bat, you know, this batch of, of disposable, expendable, you know, uh, clone soldiers, and that's really what it was, right? And yeah, it just it just made for some some really, you know, um, entertaining, you know, stories and whatnot. And I just love how it was just able to fill that gap between. Uh, episode three and four, you know what I mean? So that, that that really worked for me. And over time, I got, you know, used to the animation style, right? You know, I still kind of make the joke, even when I was watching the season here, it kind of feels like, you know, cut scenes from a video game. You know, this right. is why, <laughs> why why the faces look kind of weird, how they move a certain way. Uh, you know, the backgrounds look, you know, immaculate in my uh, opinion compared to the like, characters and whatnot. So now we're here with, with season two of, you know, the Bad Batch, right? And, um, I, I did not really recap, you know, the first season in preparation for this, but it really doesn't matter, right? Um, because, yeah. you know, it, it's easy for you if you saw the first season to pick up on what, what happened, right? So, yeah, you know me, we, we just introduced, uh, you know, the usual gang. Um, that would be Hunter, we have Tech, we have Wrecker, uh, we have Echo. We had um, Crosshair, but, you know, Crosshair went rogue in the right. last season, so he's not with them anymore, right? Um and they're still working in quotes um, with Sid, who is voiced by Rhea Pullman, right? She's this shady, you know, um, alien who works in this um, this bar. And, you know, she just has all these, like, um, ulterior motives, basically, right? But she kind of hires them as mercenaries to do odd jobs for them, for, for her, basically, right? And, of course, you know, there's um, Omega, that is the, you know, this this young girl who is also a clone. And she is the... Um, just reading it off of Wikipedia here. She is an unmodified replication of Django Fett, right? right. You know, but um, yeah, she is just the she's basically the heart of the whole crew because you know everybody around her is just you know soldiers, you know rough and tough, and you know they just do a job, blah blah blah, right? But who is you know just bringing you know um, for lack of a better term humanity to the group, so they really learn about themselves and about the world around them, and you know their their existence, right? And at the heart of it all, that's really what the season um, zeroes in a lot on, you know. Just the mere fact that, yeah, these clones are pretty much going to be wiped out very soon, right? Um, and that that's like long after, you know, the the Order 66 thing happened, right? Because that's that was that was really where the whole story began, right? With that premiere episode when Order 66 was um, executed, right? But yeah, this season here pretty much focuses on, yeah, um, it's pretty much the beginning of the end of the clones, right? Because they're going to be replaced very soon by by stormtroopers. Um, right. The Empire themselves are just like, all right, well, we we still have these clones. They they basically yeah, and I love how the show does this, right? They basically employees. It's just like, yo, like if you just let us go, what are we gonna do? You know, what I mean, you gonna let you you gonna at least pay us or something like that, right? And you know, it's remember, I mean, the Empire is, is a bunch of dicks there, right? So it's just like, well, eh, we know, right? Yeah, we have a a new character, a new villain by the name of Doctor Hemlock, right? Um, and his plan basically is to help, you know, in the process of like just designing or just coming up with these ideas for like, you know, the, the, the stormtroopers going forward. Right. But 
to do so, he is using you know these clones um, as 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 guinea pigs basically for his um, nefarious experiments, right? And well, Crosshair unfortunately ends up getting roped into into that, right? Um, in addition to that, Echo leaves because you know he feels like you know he has to you know he he's much better he's he's much better doing work on the field itself, right? And that is essentially to free the other um, clones who may you know end up being guinea pigs under Doctor Hemlock's you know. Um, under under his supervision, basically, right? So it's like that, right? But throughout the season, you know, they go through and they they, they go through on you know various missions. Um, some of which involve you know Sid. Others involve uh, another character who's voiced by Wanda Sykes. Um, oh. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She she's in this as well too, right? But all the while though, um, and this is one thing I love about the show here. Just to jump into the review here, is that even with the missions and the adventures and you know stuff like that. There's always like these few episodes that will come and remind you just how serious this war is, right? And just going back to what I said before about people more or less kind of tuning the show out because of how fed up they were with, you know, Star Wars output over the past couple of years. Um, I have to give um, credit to this show here for saying, look, like we we still in this universe, you know, like we're gonna we're gonna make sure that you care or at least you understand why this show exists now. And yeah, for the most part, it works, right? So um, just to get get the, the the good out of the way, um, animation, you know, what I mean, like I would say, you know, the the, the character design is still uh, an acquired um, taste, but you know, it, it it works, you know, given you know what what the show is, right? And just you know, mainly because it's coming right after you know um, uh, Rebels and you know the um, oh gosh and the Clone Wars, now. so it makes sense that the the animation style is what it is, right? Um, also really, really dug like the set design, right? Just the, you know, just the overall production really, really looks solid, right? It, it It's very reminiscent of what you see in both the TV and the film stuff, right? I, I talk about like backgrounds and sets basically, right? Um, the music is, is still fine, you know, um, it's, it's done by um, Kevin Kiner, you know, um, paying a lot of nod, um, you know, homages to, to John Williams' scores and whatnot, right? So, you know, he does a great job there. Um, but really where the show shines though is the voice acting where like throughout though i've always loved the voice acting in this series and yeah i mean the season just stepped things up even more man um whether it's the bradley baker who pretty much voices everybody in the bad batch except for omega right. um michelle ang who voices omega as well too you know she just uses that 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 authentic new zealand accent of hers to, to some great effect here so yeah you can tick and wrecker and stuff like that though. But there's a charm yeah, to it now, you know, it's ridiculously, ridiculous New Zealand accent now. I know, <laughs> but yeah. it grows on you, though, it, it grows. I remember the, the, the first couple of episodes, like, really? That, that's what they're going for? But nah, it, it, it grows on you, and it's, it's really, really charming, actually, right? Um, Even, like, Wanda Sykes and all, too, who plays um Fee, that's the new character. She's a she's a pirate, right? Um, Yeah, yeah, she and all, you know, do, does a great job, you know, behind the mic and whatnot, right? Um, but I would say as far as, you know, just great voice acting for, for this season here, boy, I have to give it to Jimmy Simpson, who plays um, the, um Dr. Hemlock. Good. Yeah, like, like he is just that low voice. Like he just sees, says things almost kind of like, um, not so much whispery, but, you know, he's not trying to draw too much attention. So he's talking loner. But he's just so intimidating with the way how he talks, man. And it just it's it's literally it it's literally like whenever he he comes on stage and his character comes on stage, right? It's as if you're watching a live action Star Wars show. It's that great. It was the voice yeah. acting from him. 
and you really buy into this guy just being this this shady, you know, snarky, you know, Doctor Who just has all these, you know, um, delusions of grandeur in terms of the Empire and stuff like that, right? And speaking of that, though, um, it it yeah, I would say this season also to uh, remind him a great deal about Ando, you know, just the idea of, you know, right. it's an empire, the empire say you have to do this, but yeah, people saying, you know what, yeah, well, this really make any sense, and look at how cruel they act in this, so I like that you, you, you get that, right, it's not just the empire is bad because it's a cartoon, you know what I mean, you, you, you get layers to it as well, right, and speaking of cartoon too, um, one thing I really have to give praise for this show here too, is just remind you all that um, this ain't no 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 kids show at all, eh? like this is, I, I believe it's TVPG, it's TVPG for reason not so much of the, the the violence right but just more of the the content itself and how um i would say dense by cartoon standards it is right you know in terms right. of characterization in terms of what they're fighting for you know all those things that it, it, it totally works right um you really see it in the character of crosshair because you know at first you're like all right crosshair you, you, you turn your back on on your on your brethren blah 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 but no, he has his own reasons why. And then there's actually right. a, a particular episode later on, um, which is called, let me get the name of it quickly. Yeah, episode 12, The Outpost, right? Yeah, that that actually is uh, one of actually, uh, my, my favorite episode in this whole season, boy, because of just, it was just about Cross here and just basically him being assigned to this outpost where right. um, the Empire just pretty much threw all these clones to just, you know, um, to fight now. And yeah, majority of them just get washed out, and the Empire just don't even care, right? And you have a few of them who just like, yeah, the Empire don't care about us and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not gonna say where where that story goes by, but you really get some solid characterization from Crosshair. But you really genuinely feel sorry for the guy, even though you know, if you remember from the first season, he was just like the most untrustworthy out of everybody in that um, in that group, right? But yeah, um, the characteriz- the characterization work, the storytelling actually works. I, I actually felt that this was a, a a step up from what we got in last season here. Um, and I would say just a couple of things before I get to written here. I would say um, there's a few episodes that don't really involve all of the bad batch members themselves, right? Those episodes really stood out to me. Those were the ones that really felt like the material was just being elevated to that live action status, right? So the stuff that you might see in an episode, like say Mandalorian. I don't know if, um, if you remember. I think it was a couple episodes ago where there was this side story, and it was it was basically about how bad the Empire was. If you remember, that it was with um oh gosh the the doc the, the scientist guy. All right, right, right. Do the stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That okay, right. which we'll talk yeah. about when we get to that. Yeah, that, yeah. That's a, that's actually one of my probably my favorite episodes so far. Actually. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but it's just how deep they went into that, though, and especially yeah, how yeah. it ends. Very Brazil-like. That's all I was saying. Right. Yeah, that, that right, totally right. works, right? But yeah, they 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 went as they, they went far enough in terms of storytelling, just really showing how bad the empire was. But at the same time, it's not just about how bad they are, but Really, at the end of the day, it's just, yeah, again, the beginning of the end of this clone army, right? We do, we really don't know. I'm not versed in all things Star Wars, so I don't remember, you know, like, somebody had to quote me some game or some book or something to tell me what happened to all the clones, right? But I don't think they were all wiped out or whatever, but at least, well, you, have, I mean, yeah, at least you have the show here to I think pretty much show what of, happened. Well, I think you've been in the time of, uh, oh, boy, which Four. time we see? No, remember this is between three and four, like I know, right but after I think three. Yeah, no, I say yeah, but I can't remember how much time. But uh, you see a good bit of time with, where you see clones still alive, like well within, I think um this show we call it Rebels. I think Rebels is around the time of four, right before four. Uh, okay. 
And then um, we saw one in, in, in Obi-Wan, and that was like supposed to be 10 years after. So, I don't right. know. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. You're true. Yeah, you're, you're, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, 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 sorry. I, I tried to remember these things. I'm sorry. I'm not loose in all things Star Wars, right? But yeah, I, I, I just love the idea that, yes, these guys are really, they, they, you know, it's not just the expendable because they're soldiers, but uh, because they're clones, right? You know what I mean? And without spoiling anything, you really, really see, um, you know, just that whole beginning of the end aspect really come into full um, display here in this um, season. I'm not going to say where, but yeah, um, don't think that just because it's that cartoon that, you know, everybody's just going to walk away and be happy, right? Uh, nothing to show, right? And um, it actually ends on a on a cliffhanger, so we will be getting a, a season three very soon. I have a feeling it might be in the next couple of years, but yeah, where they stop off, I'm pretty intrigued. Not so much excited, but really intrigued, right? So I'll close with this, right? Um, like the first season, this is this is solid in terms of just the storytelling and you know of course the action and sound design and all that kind of stuff. It it, it works right. It's a, it's a Star Wars show. You know they do BS when it comes to you know the technical stuff, right? But the story stuff absolutely works here, right? Um, you you get that balance of okay, we're gonna do the missions and all that kind of stuff, but they also tell this really gripping story of yeah, again just the. The, these clones just being disposed and you know just more or less just being wiped out for reasons you know what I mean and that is really compelling to me right and yeah where where this this shows where the season stops off I'm like really intrigued right not excited this reason being is that there's a particular reveal I'm not gonna see what it is but just kind of here they're like okay that that's that's how they end it all right you know what I mean but I guess if I was like a real Star Wars nerd I would have been like losing my shit right but it just didn't happen with me right it didn't happen right. with me right. But yeah, overall, um, this is another um really you know decent season. So rating wise, I'm gonna give this a lighter decent four out of five. Um, if you've if, if if you're pretty much done with Star Wars, um, this show will do nothing for you. But if you just kind of was hoping that oh you know what I mean like you know um the, the the subsequent shows to come out after stuff like Boba Fett and you know Obi Wan Kenobi, like right. I would say like if you were just hoping that they would be balancing the force, then there would be a reason to watch to be excited for a Star Wars show again. Yeah, this is this is one of those shows right here, man. Um, you know, it's, it, while it's not as highly publicized as see a Mandalorian, um, there's a lot of good in here, man. You know what I mean? And right. yeah, I mean it, it just makes for, for great viewing here, right? But again, you know, it's it's one of those shows that, you know, if you just don't care about Star Wars anymore, you just got you know, you just felt like just the, 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 the post episode nine stuff just didn't do it for you. Yeah, this show wouldn't do anything for you. But it stays true to the to source material. You could tell that they they're doing it justice. And just really fleshing out this will, you know, um, as well as it can, man. And yeah, um, it's just it's just the you know, just just maintaining that 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 high quality that you would come to expect from a Star Wars TV show anyway, right? So right. yeah, um, if if you're a fan of the first season, definitely give this one a a, a watch. Again, if you don't care, uh, you could skip it, but it it it's good stuff, it's really good stuff, and you should really check it out, man. Thanks. All right, so uh let's move now to Tetris, right? Uh, Ricardo, sure. if you don't mind, I want to do these synopsis for this, right? So pre-ramble, pre-ramble time before we begin, right? Tetris. Um, I, I imagine everybody in this planet has has played it, whether it's when you got Windows ninety eight for the first time, like me, or like when well, you um, when you got a Game Boy, you know what I mean? Boy, yeah. you, you, you played it. Or if you couldn't afford a Game Boy or a Game Boy mashup, and you're like, hey, mommy, daddy, give me some for Christmas, give me a video game, and they give you one of them cheap knockoff games and they used to call it brick games you know what i mean i used right. to have like basically the same tetris setup but there was like what x amount of games in one yeah i i had one of those and 
Uh, I only played for like what a couple of weeks. So I was like, hey, I want a Game Boy shit, right? Whatever. But yeah, I mean, Tetris, easily one of the greatest games ever made. I wouldn't call it the greatest games, but it is one of the greatest, one of the most influential games ever made, in my opinion, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll give so, the most influential. Uh, agreed, agreed. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And, you know, the, and I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of obvious why just looking at how simple you know the the, the setup looks yeah, like right exactly but it's just so much possibilities and and what's not so much so much possibilities right it's just the minutes and hours that will keep going with you just building line after line after line connecting block after block after block right i mean not much more i could say about the game right the game is timeless right yeah. but much to my surprise now uh <laughs> apple tv decided you know what let's let's make a film about tetris right so they drop a trailer okay, for it so Nobody saw it coming. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think there's a is a is a um is a is a, a coincidence about that because of the nature of Tetris and well the Apple computer. Uh yeah, the ah. Right. Yeah. yeah right. Well, yes, get, yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that actually I make a lot of sense. I didn't think about that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, that no no you know, come to think of it, it makes sense for it to, to be released through Apple, right? Obviously, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, so when the, the first trailer dropped, you know, much to my surprise, I don't think anybody saw this coming. You were like, all right. And yeah. for me now, because I don't know a lot about the behind the scenes and histories of, of famous games, right? Right. Yeah, I didn't know that, you know, the, the history of Tetris involved, well, you know, so communism this... and Soviet Union and, you know, right. stuff so like that. Think, um, right, so I don't think it based off of this, but there, is a, there was this really great documentary a good few years back. That cover the history of Tetris. So most of this is like knowledge-wise are new. Um, I, I learned anything from the movie, but yeah, that that's that's what made that real popular. So that that's why I was so surprised they made the movie like this. Um, okay. But yeah. So yeah. yeah it's, and it's, and I forget. I kinda, uh, go on. No, yeah. Forget either or no. G four had a, a history of Tetris thing, but some other guy. I forget the guy on on YouTube. I'll, I'll probably just send you link or look it up. Uh, this dude had a great history of Tetris breakdown. And yeah, well, I learned something in connection to, to that because we'll probably talk about that because they get they get the perfect actor to play the person. That's all I'll see. Um, okay. But that, that is where the, when when um that piece of information came, I was like, wait, is that person is connected to that person? Is is that the same person who, who's that to that? And yeah, the person is connected to the, to, to another person, and we will talk about that. Uh, all right. Well, well, but, well, please do, please do. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, right. Sure. Well, well, that's that's a couple things, couple right. So. Yeah, um, I, I was really surprised by this, right? Because, yeah, I, I knew nothing about, you know, the behind-the-scenes stuff, right? Yeah. Um, so I was surprised that we were getting this, and I'll just say this off the way, get this off the way, sorry, uh, the social network-esque kind of right. Right. Cold right. War spy thriller kind of thing, but it's set in the late 80s, so you have that sort of, you know, war games kind of vibe basically going on here, but it's centered around the game of Tetris, right? And, yeah, it, it just made a lot of sense, you know what I mean? But um, the film itself, you'll get to the film itself, right? But yeah, Ricardo, um, if you want to, you could just mention briefly about Tetris, what it means to you, and then you could jump into what the film is about. Yeah, sure. I am I'm kind of a massive fan of the, the game in itself. It, it is, in a sense, of kind of, well, I, I don't really go, you know, the term perfect game is a kind of weird thing, but it, it is a sublime game. Um, it, it just is such an interesting product of the digital age. I do see how, how anybody could create it outside of that because of the nature of the game, because a line disappears. So you have to, you can't really work that out in terms of the, like a real, like a car, it's not like a translation of a board game, right? Or something like that, right? It, it's really, really a product of the, the, 
digital age in in some in a certain sense and I'm not sure how, how we could ever be outside of that or how anybody could visualize a game outside of that and how you what we do how you would would you make it right like i would love to see somebody create an analog version of tetris that'll be like brilliant uh but yeah um i just really love the game it's a game that again i i kind of associated with influence in my style of thinking just sorting stuff you know, every time you go in, like, you, you want to, you know, you open your closet and you want to, you know, put stuff together. I think it's because of Tetris, uh, my brain just allows myself to sort stuff really fast. Or like a fridge or something uh, like that. <laughs> and then, yeah, no, the game itself is, is interesting to, to just, um, when you're playing uh, with other people, how to think about it. The nature of the game when you're playing, it's not at high speed. Um, how it just actually, I show, like, they, they talk about the guy saying how he can't, he's, he's dream about the pieces. Yep, that, that actually happens when you get into Tetris. I remember mm-hmm. being 15. And I, I forget what, what happened, but uh, I forget, I think, my Diablo, at the time, my Diablo, well, Diablo 1, or Diablo 2, no, Diablo 1. Uh, Diablo 1 mashup, couldn't play it, I had to, get, I had to wait for it to, to get the uh, local CD-ROM library. Yeah, CD-ROM library, right, you know. Um, that didn't have it, so I had to wait. They say, you know, I'll get it in a week. And yeah, the only video game I had on my computer at the time was Tetris. And I kind of got really good at Tetris. <laughs> yeah, so that was about it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but the, the, the history of it is really fascinating. Um, mm. You know, when I go, I, I, it's up in my mind what the, who the guy is who did the documentary. But they had this guy a good few years back who did this really great in-depth documentary on YouTube about it. Um, uh, yeah, and they just get into that, that back and forth. And yeah, we'll just kind of talk about it now. Uh, in 1988, a man called uh, by call Hank Rogers. Uh, I keep calling him Hank in my head. I was like, no, his name is Hank. Uh, yeah, that, that is played by by um by uh, Taron Edgerton. Uh, he mm-hmm. basically is just working for this company called Bulletproof Software. Represented them. He's in CES, uh, and he was hawking Go. Uh, on, yeah, yeah. On, you know, he hawking Go. You know, it, yeah, he played the game, and then he this one he got first exposed to Tetris uh, because his his um his where the Gill I forget his call them Gills the Boot Gill basically yeah his yeah Boot Gill. Was was kind of was, bored was, with him. Was playing, yeah, was playing and Tetris she, for right, a bit. She, she was playing Tetris, and then when he got it, he just immediately recognized the kind of the brilliance of the game, and that's the history. That's it. It started the ball rolling. He go by his bank, bank buddy. I forget the actor was playing this bank guy. It, it slipped in my mind, but no space. Um, but yeah, that guy. Oh, now, you mean um? Oh gosh, oh the bank manager. Um, that that's yeah. Rick Yoon. He's from um. He's from the first Fast and Furious. I was like, what you right. think? Like, oh yeah, you you. He was he was in James Bond. He, he was in there yeah. another day. He was even. Thank you, right. That is what I was trying to remember. Yes, mm-hmm. okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's him. Right, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they, they, they're talking, and then he started to give him the backstory of how, how dread this is, and how, yeah, the, the Japanese rights up in the air, and they, they could push for it. So, my boy going straight to Nintendo, and, you know, that's when the, the, the ball start rolling, because he started getting into the history of, well, yeah, everybody kind of recognized brilliance of this game at the time. And, well, I'm going to talk about the person who recognized it earlier as well, Robert Maxwell. Uh, who I thought they got perfect casted. The makeup was a little distracting, but uh, they got um, where's this actor? Um, by Roger Ro- Alum. Um, yeah, Roger Alum. You know, Roger like, Alum. first time I saw the face, eh, I swear, like you know. All right, so what I thought at first, when was, I heard his voice, oh, he he looked he looked kind of like a, like like Tom um Tom Hanks with his makeup look yeah. L- like yeah. face look a little big. Yeah, he yeah, have a little yeah. Tom Hanks look to him. Right, you know? but when I heard the voice, I was like, oh yeah, is is that villain from the Speed Racer movie, Roger Alum? And I was always making the joke. Um, oh, yeah, okay, okay. Like, yeah, as I always make the joke, live action Christopher Hitchens, right? I do think he does play an an an, an analog for Christopher Hitchens in a movie sometime a few years back. Uh, I never saw that movie, 
Um, but anyway, yeah, when I heard the voice, I was like, yeah, Roger, I love that. He's perfect casting for, for Robert Maxwell. So I was well, like, speaking of that, you know, you know who, who catch me by surprise, boy? Uh, Toby Jones. Because like, I was thinking Toby about you know, the scene like, from um, uh, Winter Soldier. Right. No, Toby Jones, Toby Jones plays another infamous figure. All I'll say, Toby Jones, the guy is not, is not like a, a, you're not short or anything like that. It's, the guy is like a, just a, a gross, like, like, the guy doesn't look like live action Javadi Hunt, to be honest, right? I mean, oh, wow. He kind of <laughs> gross. Like, look up a picture of who Toby Jones is playing. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, so well, just, I, just, I want to get this out of the way because, you know, it, it, it have to come up. So Robert Maxwell, you know, who is the dad of? Uh, someone named Jelaine Maxwell. Anyone knows who that is? Uh, no. Right, so right, Jelaine Maxwell, she got, I think she, I forget what happened to her exactly, but she got some time in prison or she got guilty for Epstein shenanigans. She's Epstein right-hand woman for all of the weird sex crime shit that was going down. Oh, wow, yes. okay. That that's her dad. <laughs> wow. Like, yeah. So like when I remember, like when when it, the Robert Maxwell name came out, like wait, is who Maxwell that relates to somebody, anybody? And he's like, yeah, no, it's it's Jillian Maxwell's dad. Like, oh shit, she she's actually yeah, I don't know she came from that much wealth now, apparently. Um but yeah, well we saw the, the fate of him and yeah, but so that's exactly it. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's all of these power players in the West and because a lot of people kind of smell in the cold, the, the Soviet Union kind of starting to crumble. You know, it's about a year away from all of that. Uh, people, yeah, the, 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 the clothes and the talents are coming out for, um, you know, just getting into the, these new open markets effectively. Uh, including Soviet Union higher-ups themselves, right? Because we get to see, uh, I think, Gorbachev makes an appearance in this. Uh, but basically, yeah. the potential of Tetris itself, this product that was made, you know, a few years prior um, by this, you know, low, lowly no-name programmer who working with some shit computer and, you know, I forget he was using ASCII font or, or whatever it is to make the, the blocks. And basically, you just get the stuff together to do, to buy the product. But the problem is that the power players and, and who is a lot of business shenanigans and making sure um, X, Y, and Z don't get the rights to this and this, that, to the other. And yeah, it's pretty much a social network-esque type thing. It's more business chicanery sh- sh- and, you know, a personal stakes game and, you know, you know the, the, the little guy against the big guy. And then... Now, all of that was going good until you started getting to the, well, the creator of Tetris' life and how dark and disturbing it could have potentially go now and, yeah. you know, how rough it is. And that's when it got genuinely, like, you know, humanistic and great in terms of, like, well, yeah, he made friends with the guy and, you know, they were drinking and that whole thing with, with that. Their friendship itself is what really was the core of this as a film. Uh, yeah, so that's the, the conceit of it. I kind of love this. I thought this was excellent. Um, all started, right. Yeah. Edgeton is excellent. He really, really held it. Um, mm-hmm, I thought mm-hmm. just pull, pull thing together. Um, it's shot really well. There's only one thing that bothers me. I get why they did it, but it bothers me. Where they did all the too much. Or the, 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 the sprite. The sprite, thing. right. I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk yeah, about I thought, that. I thought it did that a little too much. Like, it, it was fine and dandy if it did it for, like, setting up a scene. Or maybe, like, like if it was just for establishing shots or something like that. Well, yeah, they had it in the middle of the action and the middle of the thing. And I like, all right, nah. That, that is a bit too much. Like, I get what they're going for. Um, But, yeah, I, I find it a bit much. And I felt they could have dialed back, that back. But other than that, I don't have any major issues with it as it is. As I said, the friendship between... um. Uh, Hank and uh, what's the guy's name? Ale- Alexis. Uh, um, Alexi. 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 Right. Yeah. 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 They, that, that is the core of it, and that is why it really, really works. Especially the ending where, where they, you know, what happens to Alexi and, and the fate of the two of them, uh, their whole history. Uh, look, I'm sure you're gonna find some article or two in, in a few in the coming days about how you know, hey, you know, 
heck this more bullshit and you really this is how the story went or some bullshit like that whatever normal thing watching a movie and as a movie goes i uh i generally enjoyed it for what it is um it's produced by matthew vaughn which is not a surprise um not too much of a surprise because he did um king's one right yeah which, which which i think introduced me actually to, to um the terror right 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 and yeah yeah taron taron melt into the role i i didn't think of him as etsy or anything like that i was like oh no he just really really good in this he, he really plays the part it's 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 yeah again it's a lot of you know the dramatization of the story of course but like it it generally sets up a great atmosphere and a back and forth and and all of the power players are involved especially when when the maxwell and his son comes into play um really really works on that whole history as, especially the stuff with nintendo too that was also really surprising and what my main main um, again my only main flaw other than the cinematography and, and these weird you know special effects you know visual effects choices uh it just i felt it could have paced a little better uh, you know, especially the, the second act the second act kind of dragged a little bit for me but i didn't have a big mm. big problem um with any of that um overall i i just had a uh uh th- i just enjoyed it for what it was because it wasn't the thing that i thought it would have been I was expecting it just to be the business aspect of it. And then it got much more, much more personal, much more serious um, going into the conceit. And, and, but it was like this all is lost, you know, mess of a kind of slug. It was just, okay, this is what happened. You know, we know the actual history of the, the Soviet Union. Um, I, I remember when well, I watched a recent um, short like video essay on, on 99 Red Balloons. So I was in the Soviet Union brain already. Oh, is, is that um, Todd in the Shadows? Yes, that I did, yes. Yeah, I haven't right. watched that as yet. I've watched that as Shadows video. He did this this great little, little like quick run through the of the um that that song. And yeah, it, so it was like it was cool and interesting. So it got me into the Soviet Union mood about just thinking about that history and, and you know what how it went out and and whatnot. And then everybody just like played a part. Everybody was great. Uh yeah, Roger Alam was excellent as as Robert Maxwell. That just just stick with me. Mostly because oh, yeah, of and I'll I'll talk about the guy who plays his son, boy. Jeez. Right? Yeah, yeah, he was good too. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the guy who they got uh, the the guy was the head of Nintendo at the time. He was great. Uh, they got like a lot of great little people. Like how they how mm-hmm. they make it bounce around and and. The the guy who was the head of not the head of Nintendo in America, um, uh, shit. What's that guy's name? Boy, it was the, the fellow. Was he like the side guy who was who he met in when they were showing up the game? Oh, boy, um, he, oh gosh, the, the the Japanese guy. Oh, I, I forget yeah. his name. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it's all this kind of the, the, all these little power players and how it, it plays. Always like, hey, don't tell nobody. Hey, they lie about this. Hey, blah blah blah. blah. And it comes together quite well, I think. Um, I, I just really enjoyed it. And, you know, to be honest, I, I don't think it'll make a top 10 for the year, but it'll probably make an own mention. I actually really enjoyed it as an overall um, product. Yeah. All right. Well, well, for me, um, I, I really enjoyed this as well, too. Like, I wasn't sure what I was going to expect from it, though. But um, I enjoyed it. Um, one thing that, that did have me a little uneasy at first, though, was the, the the sort of shifting tune what i mean is like at first it's like right all right oh my god like wow this game is so amazing and you know i'm just trying to get the rights and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. but like the moment when they hit the soviet union now that's yeah, when the, yeah. the, the um tone shifts and then you realize yeah. wow this is how real this is right yeah so yeah yeah it's like yeah. yeah you literally understand why the soviet union don't want anybody to get a hold of that game right especially yeah. especially the states right you really get that sense um you really get that that um that that understanding there right so i would i would imagine for some people going in they may not like you know the the the, the second half of the film but i think it's the second half that really really makes it work now you know what i mean at first it's like you know all right it's the is the opportunity uh, opportunistic character you know what i mean and after I'll, I'll talk about um taron in a bit right but you know it's just like oh my god this game is gonna like change everything right but i love that it wasn't just this this love letter to the amazing or you know um 
the, the you know just just how incredible and amazing Tetris is, is the reality behind it. The reality, the reality that somebody could make this game and could could have made a living from it, right? But because of where he's from, it's like nope, no, no, you, 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 you can't do that. But we're gonna take your your creation now, and we're gonna keep it for ourselves. And that that's really right. unfair, you know what I mean? So for somebody like me who had no idea all this happened, though, it was it was truly an eye opener, right? Now, of course, I know it's you know based on a true story, right? But um, for the most part, I was I was locked in. I was on board with everything that was going on. Um, I will say I will say there's a few moments where yes, you're right. The story does drag. Um, there's some business deals on top of business deals on top of business deals right. that could get all convoluted. But I mean, I I just went to like, all right, this is what happened, or I could I think, understand I think the intensity of those moments. So okay. Yeah. You know? I think they were just trying to sell the 80s, the 80s-ness of it. Like, yes. Oh, right, 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 like, like Wall Street greed is good kind of thing. Right, yeah. right. And I think that was just the point of a, a lot of stuff. Because it was, uh, okay, so I, uh, another thing too, this is not a big complaint, but I felt they kind of punch up the humor a little bit. But again, it's supposed to be the reality of it. So here's the thing with that, right? Uh, so you mentioned based on a true story. We need we need a kind of a kind of scale factor for that for films so like from now on. Like somebody suggested this on, on Twitter where, you know, you should have a, like, if somebody say based on a true story, you should have a rating system. And how true it is, you should get, like, a number. Rating A for 85 to 100%, B for lower, and C for lower, and what, 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 what. There's a little scale. And, like, if I see rating A, and you tell me 85 to 100%, then I know, all right, it's supposed to be the reality of it. And, therefore, I have to accept a, a certain degree of reality. And if, if you do something by, by blah, 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 standards... It'll have me make. I'll make a better judgment. So I don't have to do a set of research to make sense of this, right? But like, let's say it have a rating of C, and you do a set of weird shit, then I could accept that because it's not meant to be doing that. Like I'll give an example that would be like winning time. Winning time, from a factual standpoint, historical standpoint, bunch of bullshit. Right. But if you understand that, it's actually really fun and and, and well done. But if you don't understand that, then you 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 it it's too incongruent for you, you know. And I saw this start doing these things from now on, whatever. But I just a quick aside because in the back of my head, I was thinking, right, this scene could they could have punched up this scene a little more. But again, if you didn't, but it it's supposed to be realistic, so no, they they, they kind of limited by that. Yes, so no, I'm not sure. Yeah, it, it's just a wiggle room for the entertainment now. Cause I just felt somebody like humor and the jokes was falling flat at parts. This is the second act, as you see, right? It's just mm. okay if they had better better jokes or better like dialogue, it could have been better. Again, if it wasn't for Robert Alum hamming up the place. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't like it as much. But yeah, yeah that, that was about it. See, just a quick aside. If it was right. in the back of my head, kind of bothering me about like how you're supposed to structure the kind of things. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, and, and a couple of things that that you know was 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 kind of bothering me a little bit, right? Um, yes, you know, yeah, you have a you have a talented cast and crew and whatnot, right? But there were a few moments where I felt they were kind of cutting corners because it's an Apple TV release, so right. you know, so, so, like somebody establishes shots. I don't. I, 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 I just want to say the word cheaper, but yeah, like a few moments. Just just set you just just set location choices basically, right? It right. just felt like, yeah, they just they just add some color grading to make it look like it's the Soviet Union. But why why does this look like the, the, the back of some random building <laughs> or yeah. the front or by some car park or whatever it is, right? Yep. If you see show, yeah. I don't talk you'll do a talk about, right? Um so, there's a moment where you just um, see like a whole bunch of tanks show. passing. One, one second, there's a moment where you see a bunch of tanks passing and they're like all right, so why am I not convinced by this scene? Like, I know the gravitas of what's going on, but yeah, this this scene just not um, working for me for some reason. From just the way how it looks, though, you know, like like I felt they could have 
I don't know. I don't want to blame it to the director himself, right? But um, I don't know. I just felt like just visually, there could have been a little bit more effort to make it look, you know, yeah. a little bit more pristine, you know, in a sense. Right. Yeah. No, yeah, it's a, it's a total budget choice. I, I forget which show it was that had, um, like, they're talking about the horrors of, of North Korea or something like that, and it's some part of the United States is shooting it. It was like, okay, the Iron Man, the other friend. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and then, and then well, well, just, just to get the elephant out of the room, right? Uh, just, sorry, to address the elephant in the room, sorry. Uh, the, the sprite effects, the 8-bit effects, right? Right. Here's the thing, right? Like when, like in terms of like establishing characters, you, when you see the film, you know what to talk about. In the beginning, works, yeah. Right? I thought that was a great call. It, it, it yeah, works, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, it uses a wipe. It uses a wipe in the, in the, to, to cut to the thing. I like, yeah, little simple things like that. I like. Yeah. And yeah. and when Hank is just going into detail about how Tetris came to be, that works, right? But um, the, again, cutting corners, right? So I understand you can't go to certain places to shoot, right? So, <laughs> slight spoiler. So Hank lives in Tokyo, right? Right. With his wife and well, you know, four children. We well, only see like one, right? I'll talk about that one in a bit, right? But every time they cut back to Tokyo, Dread, is that same eight bit look of the man house. I did I right. did like wait for the film to at least show it, right? Because ever so often when they have a little assumption shots, you'll see the eight bit, you know, effect kind of um kind of dissipate and you'll see the real stuff mainly with buildings and stuff like that right but i was think i was telling myself all right at least you will see hank's home there in live action and we don't get that because every time right. they just keep cutting to that place it's a bit effective i'm like wow yeah, oh, this is the outside shot right yes yeah, like, yeah, yeah wow yeah. but like, like really you could have put a little effort into at least show him any house boy like come on man. like you, you're pretty yeah. much telling them that only didn't have any money for that right come on right um and last nitpick, um, and I understand this is kind of a trope when it comes to biopics, right? You know, like when they have to zero in on the family life of a particular person and, oh, it's hard and, oh, you're not around and you're not at home anymore because you're doing this. You don't spend time with me, right? So they had this thing with with um, with Hank's daughter and, like, like I, I really wanted to feel it, though, but it was it was just so cliche. You know, you're not spending time with your daughter, blah, 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 right? And, but... Again, I, I get why it's there, but not in a film like this. Not in a film right. like this, right? That being said, though, um, I was impressed by everything else, right? Um, from yep. from Taron's acting, yeah, he he kills it. That's Hank. Um, the other side characters, um, you know, who else? Wait, um, but yeah, you're right. Roger Allen was was great as as right. Robert Maxwell. Um, his son, though, played by Anthony Boyle, was a was a ass sorry he was an yeah. asshole boy he's like yeah, oh you know we call me mr maxwell right he just yeah, kept yeah, doing yeah. It that way but yeah he was he was a total douchebag but I like how he committed um the, the 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 russian people were intimidating as well but i like that right. not every one of them were dark you know were evil and whatnot so that works right um who catch me though was the character of sasha that's the that's the um the interpreter that's right, all yeah. I'll see. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She she, right. she catch me by surprise. She catch me by surprise, right? Um, but the the real surprise for me was the guy who plays um Alexido. Like just the yeah, just the, the depth and emotion that they gave to him. Though you really do feel sorry for the guy, because yeah, you, you you have this passion. You 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 create something that brings joy to, to to people's lives or whatnot. And yet you have a government that tell you, no, we keeping this for ourselves because we want to control everything, right? And I like that they don't paint the, the, the Soviet Union as just one-dimensional evil. You, you kind of understand, you know, it's the 
communism versus capitalism um, debate now, you know what I mean? You, right. you kind of understand why they will hold on to it with their life, right? And yeah, how far they will go to ensure that nobody gets it, right? But you also understand why these other businessmen want to hold up that as well too, right? And that's where you get into the whole, oh, you know, um, this this company wanted it for for um for PC. This other company wanted it for for um for compete. Uh, sorry, yeah, for, yeah, all for, these separate all like, things now. Yeah, and just these yeah. back and forths though, like it might it might be it might feel dull for some people, but I was liking that because like yeah, it, it makes sense. Something as revolutionary revolutionary as this game here. Yeah, yeah. I want to cut to that now. As one of those things like somebody like me wouldn't think about, yeah, so that's why Nintendo, that's why um it's available on Nintendo and why it's av- uh, available on Sega. Like, you wouldn't think about, you yeah. know, the, the consoles. Uh, you, you think about the consoles, right? But you're not thinking about the brand, the branding behind it. You just think, oh, it's just this one game that's owned by this one company and they decide, okay, it's available here, 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 here. But it, like, right. for me, I didn't know, oh, it's the other way around. It's these brands who want my game, right? I didn't know it was, it was, it was that crazy like that, but it makes sense given the time as well, right? Um, the music was 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 well done. I must say, though, it's done by by Lon Balf, though, and I'll talk about him okay. with a D and D review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came right. through it with a really right. solid eighties throwback, you know, um, electro um, music, you know, musical score for this. Too. Um, and I also, but I, I also found this out after the fact. He actually took like the the, the Tetris team and sort of reworked it into like this um, this electro yeah, song yeah, as well. Like, it, yeah. it. I was like, I don't know, that, I don't know was. They're all cool, yeah. yeah. And and overall, while it does have that tonal shift, you know, what I mean, especially with you know the the um the main character going into into the Soviet Union, um, it's it's fairly a fun film, you know, what I mean, like like you, you you get the gist of how incredible this story is, and you're just on this ride. You just want to see how this story plays out, man. I, I I must say I was I was thoroughly enjoyed by this man, right? Um, even with the questionable moments with the eight bit stuff. And uh, last thing I'll close with this, right? Um. There's a there's a there's a intense scene as I'll say in the Tudak where they incorporate the the eight bit stuff. I understand right. it. It it's like I would say the reason why they did it was to 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 make the scene more appealing, more exciting. Like oh, right. you know, we we're reminding people that it is about it's, it's sort of like a meta moment. Like yeah, it's the show winking at the at the at the audience. Like yes. You know, we're, we're celebrating, you know, games like this. So we're doing it in this right. context, right? But it kind of almost takes you away from the show, too, because very, of how I it was very serious, everything else was, was, was yeah. prior to it, right? So it's like, yeah, all right. I, 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 I don't like it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I, I didn't work from it. Yeah, even with the song of choice, like, I understand. The song of choice, it makes sense. That that, that could stay, right? But it's just those 8-bit moments there. It's just like, yeah, why? Why, right? But apart from all that, though, this was still a very, very well-made film, um, and very well, very smartly written, I must say, though. Like, just yeah. how you were able to cover so much ground, though, in, like, what, two hours? is is, is really, really impressive to me, right? So, yeah, like you, it's not going to be a best of for the year, though. But it, it could be honorable mention for me, man. Um, right. So, wise I'm going to give this a decent four out of five. This is this is really worth checking out. Um, It, it, it tells you a, a story that I, I would say needs to be told, though. You know what I mean? A lot of people really need to be aware of the backstory behind something like this. Okay? You just think, it, oh, it's just a game that, you know, you just spend hours with, though. But, you know, it's the almost life and death situation behind it. And... 
yeah, just the mere fact that it was able to cross, you know, Soviet shores and make it throughout the rest of the world was really amazing, right? I just, I just really appreciate the fact that there's a movie that that tells me this, right? And shows me this in this entertaining fashion, right? But yeah, it's on Apple TV right now. Uh, give it a look. It's 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 worth your time. It's really worth your yeah, time. Yeah, I, I I strongly recommend it as well. Uh, written, I I probably give it like a, a probably like an eight out of ten, a low eight, closer to a seven. Um, but I I I really enjoyed it for what it was. And I said the only thing that kind of pulled pulled it on was the, 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 the digital sprite stuff. That's the only thing. That was like a major thing. Everything else was, and that's my minor nitpicks about you know how the humor flows and whatnot. But that's about it. Um, I I I dug the hell out of this. Um, it's very surreal. And but even though it's based on a true story, it has um, as I say, you you mentioned um, what is good is good. I forget even our movie um, with Michael Douglas. Uh, oh um, Wall, Wall Street, Wall Street. Wall Street, yeah. right? Yeah, but right, I'm more thinking something along the lines of Hot Sucker Proxy. You know. Just a bizarre reality, right. and you know, just just stuff, you know, the inner workings of a, a very strange, strange historic um, conceit of history that when you think about it, it's quite bizarre, right? Uh, but yeah, they, they make it work, and again, mostly because Edgerton really holds it together. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, eight out of ten. Right, nice, nice, nice. So speaking of the 80s, let's talk about Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among sure. Thieves. Yeah, I'll I'll do the synopsis for this, right? So um, this little pre-ramble, right? Um, <laughs> it's it's so it's so amazing, right? That that we 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 live in in a world where after something like the original Dungeons and Dragons movie from two thousand, which mm. even back then I just I saw it and I was like, nah, this looks like a real shit. Yeah, Sorry, Ma- Malin Wayans, and I, I, I you know I, I was watching Wayans Brothers at the time. I was watching at the time. But not even you could save what I what I saw in that trailer, boy. I avoided that movie at all costs. I didn't even watch it when it came on stars. It was. And it, it, I knew it was bad. I just never watched but, it. But yeah, it was okay. So it was a kind of fascinating failure because to me, the guy. Okay, the backstory behind the, the thing, the guy. So the, we won't spend too much time on this, but this guy apparently somehow this nobody got the rights to Dungeons and Dragons, like the film rights. It was super weird. Like how the fuck. This man do this, but for one he kind of, in a sense, kind of do some sneaky borderline fraud stuff to, to get it, and to get the movie done as well. And he had like some good people. And well, one of the more famous moments is that apparently um, Cameron was supposed to do it, but like his oh, one really? of the producers, yeah, one of the producers or somebody like that didn't know who Cameron was, and she was like questioning him and telling him, well, "What kind of movie? This is listen, this is two thousand. Eh? And he's like, yeah, well, yeah. what movies do you make? What movies do you make? What 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 qualifications do you have to make this? And like, and he was just so insulted, he just walk away. <laughs> like, oh, I, I, I don't blame him. I do yeah, I mean, that's, a little, that's a little <laughs> fucking ridiculous, right? I mean, come on, right? Whatever. Um, what do you think about it? Is that it is one of those things that felt like it, it flew too close to the sun because I watch it. I remember giving it a rewatch. I can't remember when it was like about five or six years ago, but for for a research project, and. When I was watching this thing, in the entire thing in my mind is like, why did he decide to shop this and make it as a movie? Because you know they could have just shop it for TV, you know. Um, in remember the time you had Remy's Remy style productions like like Xenon Hercules, they could have do that. Yeah, you know? and even had even had you know knockoffs of that. Like anybody remember um the Legend of Sinbad or whatever it is, the Adventures of Sinbad. Right, 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 right. Right, yeah. Right. But the whole point is the cheap genre stuff, but with a big name behind it could have worked. And because you would have forgive the bad special effects, you would have forgive. Because I really feel like watching one of those shoes. Like you're watching Mystic Knights of Tyrion or Nogo, some bullshit like that, right? Like it's just super cheap. Wow, based on old school yeah. throwback joint right there, boy. Wow. Yeah, exactly, right. Yeah, but you know, it just it just super cheap genre fantasy stuff. And you have the D&D name behind it. That's it. 
and it, that could have worked. But my boy decided to, you know, make a whole movie though and get big stars and whatever it is. And uh, yeah, that should just implode completely though. Like my boy, uh, if I if like too close to his son, because when he can get camera, and he can get other people, and then he himself decided to direct. And like, yeah, he's this complete nobody who pull it off. If I understand that some nepotism went down. That's why I saw like some nobody could like get a big role like that, you know, big directing job or something like that. From what I understand, it's some nepo nepo chicken went down, maybe. Uh, but however, um, yeah, this, you know, the Dungeon Dragons franchise is quite popular. It's arguably the most popular tabletop game, you know, much like with Tetris, you know, big history, you know, millions of people know it and play it. Even if you don't play it, you know it. Um, and then it, it spawned, again, much like with Tetris, probably the most influential thing in modern pop culture when it comes to, you know, thinking about, you know, referencing the role-playing genre and what we think about as the RPG. It's every, it's, it's this and Tolkien, right? In terms of just what people see to build from and, and be inspired from. That's it. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead now. Yeah, 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 you're, you're right, you're right. Um, one of these days, I should actually watch um, uh, that that old Dungeons and Dragons film, right? And I, I guess one of the real reasons because Double Toasted, you know, made fun of it just the other day, right? But anyway, but yeah, uh, okay, what okay, I was okay. just say, right. yeah, what I was just say for me with Dungeons and Dragons, right? Um, uh, my my introduction to it, weirdly enough, um, came from a little animated series of the same name, which used to show on EVM, right? That was what I was right. like, oh, Dungeons and Dragons, wow, wow, okay, okay, and that was like a, a 80s cartoon, right? I, Right. So watch it, but I don't remember anything from it to, to be honest, right? Um never play the games, you know, never play the board game, you know, because it, it just wasn't for me, right? Um, but you know, of course I just knew of its um of its influence and whatnot, right? Um, I actually knew a guy who was doing a sort of a fantasy-based board game that that did owe a lot to, to Dungeons and Dragons, and you know that actually made me really understand, yeah, why why people love that game so much, right? Of yeah, course, you know you would see it referenced in, in many shows quite recently. Um, that last season of um of, of Stranger Things, you know, pretty much right. reminded us that yeah, in the 80s, you know, there were a lot of parents who thought D and D was you know was was of the devil and you know promoting yeah, Satanism um, and all that kind of stuff, right? Satanic panic. Yeah, yeah, Satanic Panic. I love how that, that season zeroed on that so much, right? Especially with uh, that group, the Hellfire Club, right? You know, that, that name and all to become popular, you know, thanks to thanks to that season, right? But yeah, um, just, just cut to 2023, uh, or I should say 2022, when the first trailer dropped for this, right? And I was like, all right, so, okay. Like, it looked fun, and don't get me wrong, it looked fun, but I was like, but but this for this is like the the 2020s though like like we still doing this all right like anybody remember what happened with the old film okay but we do it this right but anyway and well you know the movie came out um I I I checked it out theatrically and I will say just right off the uh, right off the bat um that it is absolutely worth checking out theatrically right yep. so what it is about I'll try to say it in a nutshell uh we introduced to the character of. Edgen Davis, who's played by Chris Pine, right? Um, he was a former member of this group called the Harpers. Is like this group of like peacekeepers, right? Like the secret order, if you will, right? So they're not assassins per se, but you know they do little jobs and you know this, you know just to um, you know ensure that there's right, you know, mean in the world, right, or whatever it is, right? Uh, but unfortunately, during a, a, a mission, um, his wife is killed, but his daughter survives, and while he's pulling off said mission, now. Um, he is captured, right? 
And alongside him, he has a friend by the name of Holger Kilgore, who's played by Miguel uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, so both of them get 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 captured, and the film opens with them in this um this this prison that, of course, is in this in, in by these icy mountains and stuff like that, right? right? And there's a really really clever and humorous bit involving them, you know, trying to to, to get out, right? The payoff it is absolutely worth it, right? But I'll, I'll talk about you know the 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 um the jokes in this in a bit, right? So yeah, of course, you know, Edgen's first mission is to to find his daughter, right? Kira, that's the name, right? And he finds right. out, well, that, you know, the, the, the guy that he was working with um, by the name of Forge Fitzwilliam, right? Uh, who is this um, con artist as well, right? Played by Hugh Grant. Right. I thought that Hugh Grant... Right, right. I thought that he was real good in this. So he, he was great. Really, I thought he was great in this. Yeah, he played that, especially, uh, that especially in the reveal in the reveal at the end with him is great. Like, I yes. thought that was funny and very clever. <laughs> It was, it was, it was, right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So he pretty much is, um, yeah. Technically, he is running this, um, this, this kingdom, right? And yeah. alongside him, he has this red wizard, right? Um, I believe it's the same one from before. This female red wizard, right? But she herself, um, has you know, um, goals of her own, right? You know, she, well, um, Sophina, that's that's her name, right? Um, yeah. and yes, yeah, she she pretty much is trying to set up this this big um, attack, if you will, right? You know, it involves her master, right? And you know, it's a, it involves um, the 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 acquiring of human souls, and you know, it's just evil magic shit, right? That's what it is, right? Um, so yeah, while all this is going on now, of course, you know, um, uh, Edgen is trying to get his daughter back, but you know, he's shocked to find out that yeah, Forge pretty much adopted her, right? And he um does this pretty much this kind of plan and has him kicked out right uh with with the with the, with the red wizard um, herself right so yeah pretty much now the job is just to get back into the kingdom or sneak back into the kingdom and rescue um his daughter right but along the, the way he runs into an old accomplice by the name of Sam Simon who is played by Justin yeah. Smith I thought that he was he was great yeah. in this as well I yeah, he's this. yeah he's this hey, one he gets of a the, good arc too Yes, a yes, yes, yes. I, I must say, right? He's this half, yeah. half elf, half human sorcerer. But yeah the, yeah, the the joke is that he's not that great of a sorcerer, right? Yeah. Uh, he also has, um, well, he has, well, his ex actually is there by the name of Dork. She is a, a druid, and she also is a shapeshifter as well. There's a really cool bit involving her turning into various creatures and whatnot that really worked. Yeah. yeah, and she has, you know, well, she pretty much wants to get rid of Forge and, you know, the, the oh, Red she, Wizard because she, of something she, involving her, her land basically, right? She, she's the Hulk in the group, and, you know, that becomes very apparent. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, last but not least, after after mentioning this guy, though, because yeah, he for me is the MVP in this whole show. Um, Zenk Yenda, who is played by Rejon Page, right? Who right. you know is a hard shrub of Ready, of Ready Victor. Page, yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Which I still well, have well, yet well, to watch. Well, the thing with that, right? What, what I like about this is that the, the, when they think about it, we watching the side story. It <laughs> in a sense that because he's supposed to be the main character, but they, they flip it now. Like, right, like, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that, that yeah. that's true, that's true. Yeah. So he's like a paladin or something like that, though, which is like yeah. the most powerful, perfect kind of person. Paladins can do anything. Yeah, they play with it. And I, I, I will, I'll mention what 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 why this this movie works so well for me. Yeah, but yeah, go ahead. Right. Go ahead. Right. right, right, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, essentially, what we just get is just this old-fashioned fantasy adventure. And I'll just jump into my just just quick thoughts. I'm just gonna share here quick before we get to your thoughts, Ricardo. Right? And um. This this is one that was way more self-aware than 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 I expected, right. man. You could tell right. that the the writers and directors, well, that's Jonathan Goldstein and um, John Francis Delay, 
I believe that they they had experience. I think they work on the Lego Batman movie or some okay, film, right, something right, along right, that right, line. Right, right. Which is method. perfect and makes sense. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, and I would say though those two have a bright future, man. You could like like the, like uh I saw this uh this this review actually mentioned this as well too. Uh, but some major franchise needs to rope these guys in, man. It doesn't need to be the MCU, but it could be say you know Star Wars or somebody. We get these guys just have a lot of talent, dude. Not just with yeah. the writing, but directing as well. Well, they, they follow. They feel. They feel. They really feel like a follow up of the um we call them the two fellas who do the Lego movie, you know? And yeah, you mentioned Lego Batman. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and I wanna, exactly. I I want to talk about that, you know, after, because it's the approach of, well, I'll get into that when I get into the review, but, you know, right, just the, sure. general, the general conceit of what we call in transmedia, no? um, you know, it's not just the, the fact that, all right, it's not just comic books being translated now, or, but because video games being translated and video games are their own working medium, their own very, very direct medium, how that happening, but not just, why the Lego movie works so well, because it understood the audience. This does the same Yes. Thing. Like I wouldn't go. I don't think it's as good as Lego Movie, but this oh, does no, that. No, no, but this does that. It's like two different films, right? But they right. No. have similar quality. Well, 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 it it understands the nature of the, the mindset of why the core thing is so popular in the first place. This really understands why the D and D is popular. The sheer optionality of the whole thing. Now, yeah, it caters to the source, sword and sorcery, but that's not the reason. That's just the 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 the, the soil, right? That. The reason why is because D and D is so uh, optional. It's so I don't want for the lack of a better term, uh, bricolagic, right? You could just you could apply any concept and mix stuff up and do this kind of stuff. Yeah. And yeah, what we get with this movie was just a, a high special effects, high budget, really fucking good two pair dungeon masters give us a good game. That's what yeah, we got. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, what makes it work though is is the approach, it right? It's just the idea that. Look, folks, we know it's Dungeons and Dragons, right? We know, like, you know, three-quarter y'all in the audience have not played this game, but it doesn't matter. What matters right. is that you've seen these things before. You, 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 you've seen the character that could turn into various creatures. You've seen the paladin. You've seen the bard. You've seen the, the, the you know, the, 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 um, the tough barbarian warrior or whatever. You've seen this before in other fantasy films, right? Whether it's Game of Thrones, whether it's the Lord of the Rings film series, right? You've seen this stuff before, right? But we're just going to have fun with it. We're not going to, you know, reinvent the wheel or anything like that, but we're just going to have fun with it, right? And yeah, that's what I got. I got a, an absolutely fun film. Um, I was laughing, like genuinely laughing at some points. I was concerned for the characters. And that's one thing that 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 I, that really surprised me too. Yeah, I I, ge- I cared about these characters. I gave a shit, right? Yeah, I, I was I cared for Edgen because at first I was just thinking, oh, he's just gonna be this this swarmy guy who just gonna smile and you know just talk his way out of certain situations. But no, no, no. The man has a, a really like genuine um conceit in terms of getting his daughter back. Um <clears throat> it's understandable why you know, slight spoiler, why he, well, you see it in the trailer, basically, why he always has to plan things out. He's the planner, right. and he right. loves to be that guy who plans what things, what plan, it, what plan, do it him, sense. Yeah, what do do with him well, I think, uh, well, at least what I liked is that he, uh, he feels like a kind of, uh, what's that term I just use all the time, a kind of inverted dramedy character, no? He's, right. he's, he's, uh, he's supposed to be the funny guy, at least how they marketed him, but when you get into it, he's a very deadly serious situation he's in uh yes. but he's, he's still the funny guy that have to come up with weird solutions to it and yeah he kind of uh, like a point of perfect protagonist for a dungeon dragons movie right in that sense john page is the, t- the stereotypical protagonist he now yes. works as the 
self-insert character, again, if you, if you have a human dungeon master making this thing, what kind of situation you'd put yourself in and how you'd really be in a situation like that, maybe. And they play with that really well, especially the kind of really clever solutions they come up with to solve the problems. Because again, that's Dungeons and Dragons. It's just yeah. weird shit. You know, you do weird shit and it really feels, how they make the decisions, it really feels like the dice roll aspect of it now. Like, that's you right. do something yeah. weird and then, you know, the characters effectively roll a 20 from the most part. There's this part of the, in the ending that totally feels like that. Um, involving a potato. That's all I'll see. Oh, uh, yes. I, I know you're right. talking about. Yeah, yeah. I, and it's, it's, totally something, it's totally something that's so unorthodox. But again, if you roll a 20, it works. It, it works like young busters. And because it's so weird, these so-called bad guy, whoever it is, you know, it'll, it'll not work for them and they, they just get come crash your dog now. That, that's, that's Dungeons and Dragons. That's pretty yeah. much what it is. Your thing, uh, uh, dice roll, yeah, exactly. doesn't work. Yes, no, blah, blah, blah. Um, For me, Dungeons yeah. and Dragons, just thinking about it, is the conceit of, um, if you remember that episode of um Community, Oh, um, that, oh gosh. Yes. Not, not, that, not the paintball episode, no. No, um, not the paintball episode. It's a Dungeon Dragons episode. Great. Uh, okay, I, 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 need, I need to look for that. Yeah. That I, I is who that. the audience is. Those people, how they play the game, how they approach the game, that is the audience. And they really felt like that same spirit. They really captured the spirit of it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Well, well, you're absolutely right, though. Because, yeah, it, 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 it treats... Yeah, it kind of reminds you that... Yes, it is like you know you're you're playing a game with your friends. So it's like yeah, yeah, you know I don't have to do this if I don't want to. I can make this decision too, and you know it, the opportunities, the op- the you know the options are endless, basically, right? But yeah, it's just the fun that this movie had. Though. I just love how it just sort of harkened back to classic, you know, um, films that involve you know medieval and fancy stuff, right? So I saw bits of Princess Bride in here. I saw yeah, bits of right. um, Dragon Slayer. I saw bits of Monty Python and the Holy Grail in this too. You know, it, it was just a lot of fun, right? But at the same time, you did have that, you know, moment. You know, you have your serious moments. Yeah, a really convincing villain. Um, you know, at you know, you could say it is Hugh Grant, right? No, but he is just the guy in front, right? He's just the, you know, he's just the placeholder, basically. I just love how the Swami he is, just how much of a douche right. he is. Yeah. <laughs> but really, the, the villain is Sophina, though, and um, right. I'm not familiar with the actress Daisy Head, though. But yeah, I thought like just her look though. And this this is thing that uh, she yeah, does with the cloak too. that changes color. Like that that was really cool yeah. There's a moment where it changes yeah. from, from black to red or I think it's the other way around. That was really yeah. cool. I really dug yeah, that, yeah. right? I like also to just just quickly, it it like yes, it is the typical, you know, I'm the evil, you know, v- well, um wizard, she, you know, we but she, there's there's a reason why and right. that's the one thing I love how the show really like touched it, even though it's briefly. Yeah, why she would stick with this guy in this first place? Why she would stick with right. this idiot like forge in the first place? And right. when you see real music, oh right, I got it. Well, they make, they make they make a couple of like conceits towards. I won't say it's a conceit because the, that film was conceit towards old Dungeon Drunk and stuff. But uh, the old film, right, Jeremy Irons' character, she kind of like that, right? She she feels okay, like okay. a little bit like that. Except not as again, Jeremy Irons was was a bit extra in that movie, right? To, to, and I understand that, right? Uh, but like just her. Right hand man, very similar character. Like that dynamic was very similar. So they clearly was going for that conceit. Um mm. and that thing. And they even did the whole um we call it the 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 the, the quicksand rug thing. They brought that back. I was like, okay, great. I, I like that. Little small things like that. Like, yeah, I would. Oh, that was in the, in the original film. Okay, okay. That was the original film. And it's actually right. a, a pretty good piece of set. Um, well, prop design in my humble opinion. But yeah. 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 Uh, at the time. Right. And in this day they make it work as well. So, so yeah, go ahead. All right. All right, well, all right, well, 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 few things for you. Um, another thing I really appreciate about this film, right, is that, um, is that they will throw you the references to 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 
um to D and D, right? Like the Albear, for example. Like right. the moment I I saw it in the trailer, I knew okay, that's from the game. I was I never saw it before, but it's like all right, yeah, that's from the game. I can accept that, right? So yes, if you're a D and D fan, you will see you know certain, uh, visual cues. You will actually see like items and objects and stuff like that that are lifted from the game, right? But for people like me who never play it. It doesn't matter. It's just oh, it's magic powers, blah blah blah, and this is how it works, right? And they really make it work, right? Um, and I would say for a film that does that have you know the budget of of say like a MCU or a DCEU film, um, this this look great though. I must say, right? Yeah, from from effects, cinematography, man. yeah, uh, yeah, and, and yeah, the, the visual effects handle very well, right? Um, it is still you know the whole. I know I'm watching a visual effect, right? That that's what it is, right? But right. again, given the genre, it doesn't matter, right? So case in point, going back to Doric, um, there's a moment where she's just it's just this long take of her of just her just doing these various transformations. And yeah, it it just it worked though. It was it was really, yeah. really entertaining, right? Not mind blowing, but it, it really worked, right? And I would say, you know, it's not like, you know, the, the you know, the most uh, mind-blowing show that you'll see. But as far as you just having fun, you know, with the material, but while at the same time, uh, just just being a love letter to D&D, um, while it's, you know, just, you know, mildly poking fun of, of, of itself. Yeah, this totally yeah. works, man. Um, the, 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 um, the, the cast across the board did their thing. I was really impressed by Chris Pine. Um, Justice Smith, who I just always felt was always this this side character and stuff like say um you know the 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 Jurassic World sequels and right, you right, know right. well you know he was he was good at that Detective Pikachu movie as well right, right but here right. I just Definitely. really dug his character here this no yeah I like yeah like I I know I have powers and I love how they they brought back you know they how they touched that on his um ancestry like yeah like right. I I'm a long line of sorcerers so you know. I want to be taken seriously too, you know. But I like that he always becomes the, the central character here. Um, Michelle Rodriguez, she 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 crushes as well to as Holga. Um, yes, she was tough and she was a badass. But it's actually some some good character development that they give her in terms of her yep. her family and background. There's a, there's a moment involving her ex husband. Um, the the catch me by surprise. I wasn't really thinking about the actors. Only like Nanny is like, oh shit, that's you. What? Okay. Right. But how it's set up though, it totally works. Um, I would say it's a nice play on um Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, the the way how they use camera work to 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 show the size of certain characters. That's all I'll say. They really flip that and make it work here. Um, the villain is while while it's not like the you know um you know. While it's not some sort of like three dimensional villain or whatnot, it works into the context of the story. I just loved it that yeah, you have appeared with this guy like Ford, right? Who could say, Yes, you know what I mean? Look at me and look at how cool I am and look at how everybody's happy. But he has ulterior motives of his own and they make a lot of sense seeing that he's a he's a card artist, right? But yeah, um and, and just last year I'll say to the, the well, couple things couple. Um the flow of this was was very well done as well, man. Just how they, they went from sequence to sequence, the jokes land for the most part. Um, there's a, there's a bit involving these corpses and trying to acquire information from that though. I picked up on some naked gun two and a half vibes if you know you know. Uh, but yeah, it just made for a really really funny bit though. And last but not least, man, um, I have to give it to to Lauren Bath though. Came through with a great score for this, right? Nothing too spectacular, but in terms of the whole medieval fantasy vibe of it, it totally works, right? So yeah, this was a film that you know just had a lot of fun. It just came in with the attention of just having fun with the source material. Again, it's a love letter to the franchise, to the to the game itself, but we're also having fun with it as well. And last last thing I'll say before I get to you know, well, I, I guess I'll I'll leave Rita till you finish, right? Um, I just love that it was while it it did its wink into the camera, it wasn't done in this sort of like um, crass 
or should say in this sort of um sad or the kind of way it was like yeah right mean spirit they're like oh this is just so stupid and ugh, right. you know, it's, it's not like that right but you know you could tell and you could tell that it, it was a labor of love you could tell that these guys really knew the source material i would say almost in and out but you could see it on screen though i could see how it just impacted so much films even right down to the legend of vox machina which uh well the first season of which right, i right. covered last yeah, year i didn't, I didn't see the second yeah i didn't see the the second season unfortunately right but yeah you could see just how influential dd was to something like that right and why it's not as crass and vulgar as uh, Vox Machina do. It's still as fun and upbeat as that show was, right? And yeah, that, that's pretty much all I have to say. I, I really enjoyed this. Way more than I expected, right? But yeah, Ricardo, uh, your, your thoughts and then you could get to written and then I'll share uh, my yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm going to see it because I can. I almost forgot, uh, but I had to see it. No, uh, this is what Warcraft should have been. Um, in the sense Thank you. Yes, have... instead of stopping right. to tell me a whole bunch of backstory and making this clear. Well, no, the just, problem, you know, the problem... No, the problem with Warcraft is that they didn't they didn't get they had to get what the audience feeling in the conceit because again we had a, there's gonna be a larger conversation about what I call what what we call it this kind of new wave of transmedia that's coming up right where it's now not just comic books and not just you know this it's gonna be something that are gonna have big it, it you have to compete now not just with a story or narrative but now you have to compete with visuals right how you experience something is vastly different. A movie or a TV show is a vastly different feel to a video game or the tabletop RPG and so on and so forth. You gotta say, I'm gonna make a movie, right? You have to now incorporate the, lack of a better term, the subjective feeling, these larger subjective feelings of the thing. And Warcraft, at no point, other than it being a born a slug, it didn't, you didn't get the feeling of where it is to be play the video game. Right, even even first person shooters like like the Doom thing try to do the first person shooter thing at one point or something like that, right? Yeah, you get my point, right? And uh, that's what this did. This to me absolutely nailed. I'm glad that you mentioned Legend of Vox Machina because it absolutely tapped into the modern zeitgeist of D and D fandom, right? D and D fandom is is a very big audience. I know one guy who's like super into it, and you can understand why D and D is popular as it is. White is a modern, that whole modern, a whole modern bunch of kids really into it and white works because it's it's very well worn. It's 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 a conceit of the modernity, not not the sword and sorcery, but just the fact that, yeah, it's pretty inclusive and you know, you could gender bend and you could do this and stuff that just going against uh general conceits of of cliches, right? And and whatever it is. And they they play with that with this. They had Michelle Rogidos be the be barbarian, they had Chris Pine be this character, but they flipped the switch on him in that way. They had this character do this and so on and so forth. And it made it work in terms of, yeah, it really felt like a D&D crew. That's what it felt like. Because it felt like a bunch of D&D players playing D&D and so on and so forth. And it made it work. Um, it, it just came together so well. Everybody played their parts on roll well. What what the big sell for me is the actual solutions to problems they came up with. So they basically had the portal from Portal, right? Um, I, I know, right? right. <laughs> well, that's what I was like, but, but I love how they work it in later on in the film. That was, that that was is brilliant. exactly why I like brilliant. it. Exactly. Yeah. Little stuff like that. They brought it in, it solved a problem, and then it solved another problem later. Because, yeah, they, you wouldn't forget you had this amazing fucking ability. They did it, and they did something, and it was something involving treasure, which is hilarious, and made, they made it work. But that also solved another problem in the storyline with, 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 you know, that whole last piece of the, to get the people out of the, 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 the stadium, right? That worked. It's little stuff like that. Simple, clever writing that, that tie everything together. And then the final fight itself was actually pretty badass. You know, with, with, with 
everybody would you entire team teaming up to, to yeah, fight yeah, yeah, teaming up to fight the villain. That was fight great, villain, though. right? Yeah. And, and I thought, well, there's a really funny part involving the looter, which I thought was silly. I had to crack it up. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they make it work, and then they, they straight up, they straight up had something from Avengers. If you know, you do. Um, uh, that, oh, that I, oh, I know. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. straight up from the, the Avengers, first Avengers movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, they make it work. I, I just, everybody played a part. They, they made it, it's genuinely charming and funny. Solid story because it didn't feel like it, it's silly, but at the same time, you know, at no point you get the sense that the stakes are low. They kept it working. Good general conflict. At the end, at the, at the end what they do with Hugh Grant at the end with it is very funny and very clever. Because like, Oh shit, this is what's going on. I that real funny. <laughs> like that's very funny. Um in the conceit. Um because like in a sense he's the dungeon master. If you want to, if you think about it like that, it's who telling the story. That's the whole what they do with it. Uh but yeah, um written, eight out of ten. I thought this was excellent. I didn't I, I didn't expect to enjoy this as much as I did. Uh the trailers look good and it was looking a lot of fun. It was just uh, the little silly um you know, the, the special effects look as they say you're watching a visual effect. Yeah, I didn't expect it to be super expensive and look amazing, blah, blah, blah. But it was just serviceable. And I, I didn't have a problem with any of that. Um, it, it was like it was distracting or, you know, unfinished or anything like that. It looked good. It looked fine. But, you know, uh, overall, it's just the, the, the charm of it. it. It set up a good atmosphere. Everybody was funny and, and worked. It, it, to me, understood its audience really well and, and bounced off. And, and it really felt like a nice little, you know, that tennis game that you just play with your audience. And you, you, you had it, they had it working for what it was. And it wasn't ponderous or, or, or a slug or, or trying to have its head up its own ass unlike Warcraft. That's kind of the problem with Warcraft, sorry. Um, but yeah, they, they made it work for what it is. And yeah, I, I kind of love this. Again, I'm not sure. Again, I don't think it'll be top 10 of the year, but again, the year kind of early. But yeah, it might make an honorable mention. I thought this was pretty fun. Yeah, um, I forgot to mention one thing, right? Um, I love how the show itself embraces its absurdity. So yep. I don't want to spoil like you know what um like like Leon what happens with how um Edgin and Holga escape, right? Yep. But it's just like these bits where you just see these weird creatures and the show just kinda of treats like, yeah, it's a fantasy world. So yes, you will see this this um you know, this this bird headed person or you know, this this right. reptilian like creature. Just roll with it, you know what I mean? Even right now to the to the dragons themselves, right? You know, it's it's you know different, right? But yeah, I just like that they just say, you know what, it's weird, it's absurd, just roll with it, right? And they just have a um just just roll with us, just have fun with it, right? And yeah, that was just me true and true watching this, right? Um yeah. while it's not up there as you know while it may not be up there as you know one of the best things i've seen this year like you i may have it as an honorable mention i will say this though this is my first guilty pleasure movie of the year i really do see myself watch this over just this just having fun with it this you know right. um quoting lines and just remembering certain scenes and whatnot man this i, I just left with this broad smile on my face I did not expect this from a movie called Dungeons and Dragons on a Monty's man. So rating wise, as a guilty pleasure, I'm gonna give this a decent show for the five man. Um and I'll close to this. It is absolutely worth seeing in a theater with an audience, right? While yeah. the audience that was with me wasn't really that big, they were cracking up just as much as I was. It's just the gags that we were just going with it from start to end. Though. It, it it really worked for me. Yeah, no, it was it was pretty it was pretty um you know, it's earnest. That's why it worked. You know, it it, it it's very earnest. Like I, I, again, I do. It doesn't have to be snarky or mean spirited in any way, whilst also still being funny. Now you can do both. You can do both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're, you're absolutely right. Though. So yes, folks, Dungeons and Dragons, Other Monk Thieves is is the real deal. You you all need to check this out. You all yeah, need to check this yeah. out. Yeah. 
And last but not least, let's talk about chapter four, boy, right. of the book of John Wick. Right. <laughs> a book that I have been enjoying since 2014, right? So, um, yeah. Pre pre ramble time, right? And Ricardo, if you don't mind, I want to do, do the synopsis first, right? So, um, yeah, uh, 2014, a year before we, 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 we started on this podcasting journey, um, I saw a particular film called John Wick, right? And I really enjoyed it. I didn't love it, love it, love it, love it, but I did enjoy it, right? But it was one of those shows that legit took Keanu Reeves' career which was at the moment just spiraling down that toilet bowl thanks to uh, I think the last like true flop I saw for him was that um, oh gosh what was the name of that movie boy let me, let me just get quick you know, you know what you know what thriller with these two girls who was like uh, some girls who with uh, I think Anna de Armas was in it or, 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 or knock knock. That was that was actually one of the first shows I reviewed. Actually, um, okay, I, I enjoyed that. It was it was it was sleazy. It right. was schlocky, but that was the point. It was supposed to be schlocky, but but it worked. It worked, right? Um, even though the the, the ending kind of the work, but then again, the, the 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 source material, well, the original movie that it was it was referencing, yeah, the ending for that didn't work for that neither. But anyway, moving on, right? So yeah, mm-hmm. you know, his his career was just kind of just all over the place, but it wasn't really show it. it where it was, it was bordering on the director. Um, I say director video. I almost say director video, but yeah, it was it was it was referencing the VOD. It was it was on the verge of veering towards the VOD route, right? Where it's like, right, right. oh, it's this new VOD release and the stars Keanu Reeves. Wow, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's it it, it kind of touches on something really unfortunate when it comes to 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 action heroes, right? You know, when once they pass their prime. Yeah, they, they just start these, you know, VOD releases. I mean, perfect example, unfortunately, um, Bruce Willis, right? I uh, mean, l- literally a, every two, three months yeah. you see something with his well, face in it, right? Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis is a unique case because, well, we know what happened to him. And if I want yeah, to understand, yeah, yeah. that was going on for a while now. So, yeah, like that's, that's why people kind of lay off on that now. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, the film I was thinking about was Replicas, right? But that okay. actually came out... Ironically, the same year that Chapter 3 came out, right, which I'll get to in a bit, right? But yeah, even that itself felt like it was something that was made years ago, but they just put it out because of how successful Keanu Reeves' name was, you know, after the success of John Wick, right? But yeah, you know, John Wick really put it back on the map, you know, it, it, re-established, it re-established him as a true, you know, on-screen presence when it comes to action films, right? Yeah. Um, the mere fact that it referenced Matrix, but not in a lazy way, made right. sense, right? Because, yeah, he is and always will be Neo, right? Um, despite what we got with Resurrections, right? But that's another story there, right? right, right. But, yeah, um, it, it just put him back on the map, though. And just over the years, it, it you know, um, even quite recently when we did our best films of the decade, I remember um, our colleague, Somali Polony, actually put this as, as her top 10, right? As one of her top 10. And I actually saw it show up on, on a number of best of um, the decade list as well, too. And yeah. looking back at it now, it, it makes a lot of sense, right? And really what it does well, right, um, is that it understands that, yes, at the end of the day, it's an action film. You're not going to get anything deep what that, right? Well, I will talk about the attempts of depth, right, that they give it, right? But right. yeah, it's just a straightforward revenge shoot up right? That's what it is, right? Once it do shoot up films well, people will love them, right? There was even a movie called shoot up right, which starred Owen Wilson. That I right. have, sorry, not Owen Wilson. Five yeah, Clive Owen, which I yeah. totally fuck with. I I, I actually yeah. really dug that show, right? But yeah, it's once you do it well, once you come up with really like 
entertaining um action sequences that, that's the key right entertaining set right pieces, yeah. set pieces and you could go as over the top as possible yep. but it's as low as you make it entertaining that's what the first one did right yep. so much of my surprise boy they just arm things up even further right um the director um chad um um Stahelski, um Stahelski, sorry right yeah um really raised the bar with with with, with chap uh with with part two right and um, from there, I just became a fan by uh, of not just of the franchise, but of him, right? Because yeah, yeah I mean, Chad, you know, had his early beginnings in the in the industry as a stuntman, right? And I could tell, right, right that this right. man really wanted to pay tribute to the to the stuntmen of yesteryear, right? Even right down to the very beginning, showing a little shot of um Harold Lloyd, I think it was, right? Um, I think it's him that they see in part two. I think I saw a bit of him in the third one as well too, right? Which I'll get yeah. into as well, right? But yeah, just showing that yeah, these guys should should be acknowledged as well too, right? Um, and he stepped things up with that, right? But it was Parabellum, though. That was when I was like, all right, this guy is on the rise. This franchise is going to be one of my favorites, right? And yeah, that was one of my favorite movies of 2019, right? Parabellum, absolutely love that film, right? And again, it's that. Deep in terms of you know the story and what right? I'm gonna get but, in, I'm gonna get into that because it's one of those yeah. films that you have to know where you, where you come to look for. Exactly. That it's, it's, one it's, of it's like that, right? It, it right. does that all your hand and tell you, you know, previously on John Wick, blah 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 blah. Well, I, 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 well, I just thinking, I just thinking in terms of the the the, the conceit of it. Like it's just right. okay, what are you here for when you want to see a John Wick movie? Right, just, well, exactly. Mm. I just gonna get well. You could when you finish your point. I just gonna right. get. I'll, I'll, all right, so, so yeah, so, so I'll, I'll I'll wrap up here, right? So yeah, you know what I mean. Um, tree was great, though. I I really loved it. Um, I remember what your gripes was that you know it was not the end of it. Um, right. and that was that was a little gripe for me looking back at it. Like yeah, they they could have ended it. Like like I I assumed that it was going to go the the original Matrix trilogy route now. Where no, that's a general trilogy route. You know, trilogy it just ends, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I don't know if I I kind of basic, but to me, trilogy should be a full arc. I don't know. Well, yeah, 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 right. Yeah. But you know, they say no, we we get a fourth one, right? But it was right. the promise of okay, um, jo- John is John is hurt. You know, he 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 went through hell. I'll talk about that in my review. Um, even even Lawrence Fishburne, right? You know, <laughs> as the Bory King went through hell as well. They both like you know, John, you need to go and take down the high table. That's the main bodies in this film, right? The Illuminati right. of this world, right? Which I'll yeah. I'll talk about the world in my review of it, right? And you know, of course, John being John is like. Yeah, right. The movie <laughs> ends, and you hear that music from from Tyler Beats, right? And you're like, yeah, you know, you can't wait for, for for chapter four, right? So of course, when we just saw that first trailer for chapter four, I was like, yes, I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait, right? But two things though, you know, um, last thing, two things I'll mention, right? One, of course, we have to acknowledge um, Lance Reddick, right? Because right, a week right, before. Right, right. We got to see it down here in Trinidad. Um, yeah, he passed away, man. And that was really unfortunate, right? And I heard, actually, that, you know, um, uh, well, North American screenings got to see some sort of RIP or something. But I, I stuck around for the full credits. I, I, I watched everything. I saw Nada. I remember I remember we talked about this with uh, the um, Shazam review. Uh, yeah. And I was saying, okay, probably... You know they could pull off something uh, R.I.P. in America, or something close, but I don't think they would have pulled it off internationally. Cause them them yeah. them films on ship already and whatever it is now. I know we live in digital age. We can't. That's not what say. It still don't work like that. Sorry. Yeah, which is unfortunate. But I have a feeling when, yeah. but, but I believe it coming out at the end of next month. Yeah, that's when we'll see it, right? Right. No problem. But then also too, the thing that that had me kind of concerned now. Uh, was your runtime? Cause this is running at two hours and forty nine minutes. Right? I'm gonna talk about that. Yeah. But for me now, 
I I I I I praise ambition. I like when you know a director or a writer could step things up. You know, what I mean, challenge himself, right, or herself, right, or themselves, right. I like that, right. But for something like this, towards the forty nine minutes, boy, you 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 yeah. you, you sure, Chad? You you, you sure, yeah. Keanu? You sure? But I'll talk yeah. about runtime in my review, right? But yeah, Ricardo, um, your 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 history with um with with John with the John Wick franchise, yeah, and so then you it, jump into yeah. four. Much like much like you uh, back when the first film came out, I was um very dismissive of it. Um, you know, I don't think like I don't think Keanu was spiraling or anything like that. Like I, I like okay, so I'm I'm on the fence about Keanu as an actor. Um, I I'm gonna say it. I oh, we will talk about acting also. Is it okay? Yeah, oh gosh, and this was we, we, we uh, have to. We we have yeah. to. But but, but, but I'll, is, I'll defend it. Uh. I'll I'll, right. I'll have a defense, but you you go ahead. Sorry. No problem. No, yeah, uh, yeah, at the time, so I remember when this came out, I was super dismissive of this. I was like, nah, this is going to suck and it's not going to be great and blah, blah, blah. Forget who I was talking to. I don't know if you remember um, that girl called Victoria Lewis. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, I know her. Yeah, yeah. I know right. her. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, I remember she was like, you know, taking, oh, no, nah, it's going to be real hard and thing. And I was like, no, nah, like, I, I was dismissive of the whole thing. I, I just remember she was super defended it now. But, but anyway, um, the thing is, I went to see the film and I was surprised of how good it was, right? Because it's like, oh, the world building actually kind of smart and they actually take a lot of things into account. And yeah, the whole hotel and pain with gold thing kind of funny. And it's like, okay, it's it like, it like a really kind of somewhat well thought out graphic novel almost kind of thing. And then the action turned out to be like just goddamn amazing. Like just straight up, like wait now, John just getting headshots right through, boy. And way boy, that, that, that sequence was good. And the story was real hard. And, you know, the, the stuff with the, you know, call it the Baba Yaga. I forget what, what he used to call him. Yeah, um, it's Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga, right, right, right. And it's all of that, that we so badass. And, you know, real, real graphic novel thing. And I was like, oh, this is real hard, though. And I went, I came out of it and thinking, right, this was kind of amazing. Yeah, I really dug it for what it is. And then the sequels happened. And even though, again, they improved, the set pieces are great. And I have a lot of fun with it. It started making less and less sense. And it started, effectively, it kind of take the part, the same part as um, the Fast and the Furious franchise, right? You know, it just, right. Gets, it just gets less and less realistic. The power creep starts setting in. And it's just like, all right, John can survive that. How the hell he survived this? How he walk it? How he, you know, it, and it's like, yeah, that's how to accept it for what it is going into it. And yeah, he's basically a goddamn superhero. And the reason he can do that in the world is because he have a, a Kevlar suit, I think. <laughs> that's why. Like, no, Kevlar suit will help with that. Sorry. But whatever. You know, like, like, like sorry, every film you always get at least two Kevlar suits. I mean, come right. on, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the point is, the point is, is like, whatever. That's the thing, right? It's no different from Captain America Shield. It's like, you just accept it. Like, that's what he could do. Fine. And but then, then the world building gets sillier and sillier. And I, again, I remember having it fun with the second film. Common was was a standout for me. Um, uh, Ru- uh, Ruby Rose, though, you know, and you always Ruby see Rose, she right? Had, yeah, she wasn't that. She, was perform- that, she, she put out the best performance in her career because she yeah, was yeah, right, for real, she, because she, she didn't talk, right? Yeah, she didn't <laughs> yeah, talk. You know, right? Silent, silent, which wrote though, you know? Right. But no, they they it it get less and less. It get less and less like plausible because like wait everybody in this goddamn society i thought it's a secret society you know, a whole pack of people full of like, whatever you know and, and, then, and no police eh? no police yeah I, I, if, if i'm mistaken no no sorry with the exception of the first one um no no cops in this world do whatever, what, what whatever. yeah you know, you know, like, whatever and then so and then, and then the third film again i didn't i didn't hate it because i kind of accepted for what it was it's like all right fast and furious is like that this is gonna be like that like it just this is fast and furious but with action people it's just the people inside the cars. That's all it is. This scenario is going to get more and more outlandish, but they're going to be really clever and entertaining. And I just accept it because Fast and Furious exists. I expect it. 
And yeah, we, we got that. You know, the third film I thought was some really great set pieces. All of that stuff with the horse was really clever and really well done. Oh, like, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and then they, they, get, um, Mark, um, they actually get back Mark the cast, um, the cast goes straight. Right. They, they, got, they, 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 and they give him a real good role, Jerry. You know, yeah, that's exactly. one thing I love they, about they this get, series. Eh? Um, yeah. They will give, like, you know, um, legendary action um, actors. Yeah, moments to shine again. You know what I mean? And yeah. Mark was was one of them. Yeah, that's what it is. And it's, it's straight up. They just get to, they get some basketball player in the first one of the first action sequences, and he was great. Um, they had yeah again Mark the Cascas again big action. If you're a big '90s person, that's what this is. This is just the cul- the culmination, the the accru the accruement of all the shit that they like from the '90s, right? Yeah, it, it's, it's a better is way better than any expendable movies in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, Expendables was just more like, yes, right. it, it's taking all these heroes and squeezing them into one movie. It's like, right. no, 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 right. no, we, we, we using the actors. We're we picking them well and we giving right. them rules, right? It's right. not just, you know, selling the names as the characters they play and whatnot, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so on and so forth. They, 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 we get that, I, again, Halle Berry, I forget she was in that too. She just had them dogs and them dogs getting on dread. Dogs getting on dread in this one too. Yeah, um, there's a bunch of nut grabs though. That's not yeah, quite yeah, yeah, just, that's it. Yeah, uh, yeah, and um, this one we got more of the same. Like again, a bit shallow, you know, a little smarter. I I do think I'm just gonna say it up front. I do think this is the best of the sequels. So I prefer this to two and three, but still not as good as one in my humble opinion. Um, sure, but, sure. But but I I dug this for what it was because yeah, they get my boy Scott Hatkins to come true like. Yeah, would, yeah, right. Yeah, and then I, Donnie, I, did not, I, did, I didn't see it coming though. I did not see yeah. it coming. Though. And yeah. then you know they get they get Donnie to come true, and they like, yeah, he had to. Donnie and though, the OG, you know, the OG. Yeah, and, and yeah. they just get they just get a bunch of like again, much like with um, the, well, again we're gonna be talking about transmedia. They straight up had uh, a sequence from Hotline Miami. This though, like, all right, yes, yeah. I was trying to remember the name of the game. I was trying to remember the name of the game. My friend was sitting down next to me. Was like, no, this is actually from a game. I'm like, yes, I know. I tried to remember the name. Is it what I heard? To him. Hotline Miami. That's what it right. is. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. it have another game. It have another game. Um, that came out recently, like a two years ago. That that more like that. Um, it's some that was bas- that, but it's basically the same top down thing. That 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 what they do. And I was here for that. And yeah, I'm just going to straight up say it. It is basically, you know, what you're looking for as a film. If you're looking for some deep story and, and real smart world building or something like that, no. It's not the Kingsman. But even the Kingsman still was, you know, it, it, it's goofiness now. What this yeah. is is effectively action film and action cinema as art form. Right? And if you're looking for it like that, it, the movies are, this movie in particular, the franchise overall does it well, but this movie in particular is a borderline masterpiece, in my humble opinion. Um, Agreed. Yeah how, yeah. how it works, how it comes together. Uh, I guess just these 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 sequences. Um, as I said, the one thing that pulled it down, and we're gonna get into that, the length. This <sighs> we could have chopped. They could have chopped. I don't know. They could have chopped a good forty-five minutes off of this show. Like in my humble opinion. Oh, you say forty-five? Like, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, I thought you were gonna say fifteen, but I right, forty-five. Jeez, no, but... like I just feel like the world building. They could have cut most of that storytelling. You know, just do the bare bones. I didn't have to care about none of this. Um, I know they do the whole thing with the Continental. All right, that's kind of cool. That's kind of interesting. Um, Skarsgård was in this. I thought he was good. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, Bill, Bill Skarsgård, a.k.a. Yeah. Uh, Pennywise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. talk about him in my, in my review. Yeah, I thought he was actually pretty good as a villain. He works for the most part. Because, you know, when in, in context with the other characters and what happened to Lancer, the character and everything, like, ah, okay, everything works, like, what, what they're building for, towards. But, yeah, again, I'm not really interested in any of that. Is when it's time for the, the, the shoot, shoot, and the pew, pew. 
and for some reason John Wick just getting hit by more and more cars for some reason. And Boy, yeah, it's it, <laughs> it, 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 almost it, a it, joke it, at this point in time though. Like yeah. every film he gets he gets knocked up by yeah. at least two cars, you know. Yeah, and then and then uh, even more is like yeah, it kind of become a borderline mission possible movie as well. It's like oh right, he jump out of a building and he fall from this height and blah 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 blah. And yeah, I I just think look if you're if you're in for in for action cinema. It's next to perfect. Do not jump into this expecting some big story, whoever it is. The first film did that. And I thought the first film, that was a surprise. And these other films, what they did is say, okay, it's what I was worried that first film would have been. But they end up just, just saying, no, they just lean into it. Because that is the strength. That is their strength. The strength is not writing. They're not totally trying to make this smart. And I don't try, I don't, I'm not expecting it to. And then what, if you're there for the, for the, 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 the vibes, as they say, it is work, and I have, I have no problem with it. Um, yeah, that's just my first, first take on it. All right, well, I will... I, I, well, I guess I will do these substances, right? I, I right, will okay. keep it as yeah. as simple as possible, right? So, after the events of Parabellum, right? So, yes, right. John Wick is going, is going, you know, for the, for, the, for, the, uh, for the high table, right? He's going to wipe them out one time, and he actually he actually does that early on by going against... Going against, sorry, um, somebody who he had aligned with earlier on just to... More or less get back into you know New York and whatnot. Can remember there's this whole thing about him being excommunicated and all that stuff, right? Yeah, right, right. Um, and speaking of that though, well you know um, we, we 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 friend um, Winston, you know, played by Ian McShane. Now he is he is excommunicated as well, right? Because right. he helped out um, John, right? Because you right. know at the very end of the third one, slight spoiler, you know he he shoots him, but yeah he falls off the building and survives. And of course the high table find out oh he, he lives so. Yeah, Woodson, you're kind of useless, right? Blah, 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 right? Same thing goes with um, Sharon as well, right? Who is played by Lance Reddick, right? So, yeah, yeah he's also there, right? Um, so, John, you know, just still still on this path of revenge. He goes to the um, Jap- a Japanese equivalent of the Continental Hotel, right? Right. And there he runs into an old comrade by the name of um, Shimazu, who's played by my boy Hiroyuki Sanada. Um, yep. His daughter um, Akira, um, Akira is there, who is played actually by Irina Sawayama, right? Um, how I know the name though is through the um, Needle Drop slash Anti Fantana reviews, because yeah, she's a pop singer, she's a Japanese singer as well, okay. and right. yeah, he's he's been covering her work for a while now. Actually, been giving it, giving her work a lot of praise, but I haven't even listened to any song from her, right? But she right. have a look, she have a look about her, right? And this is actually her debut right. performance, right? Film, um, on screen performance, right? Okay, yeah. And of course, as you would expect, you know the 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 um the the high table show up. Um, one of its representatives though is the Marquis Vincent de Gramont, who is played by Bill Skarsgård, right? So he's just this douchey guy who don't want to get his hands dirty at all, but you know he'll hire a bunch of goons to do jobs with, right? So yeah, of course, as you would expect, you know big shootout take place. And well, long story short, now John ends up getting roped into this duel now between him and and Mark and and Vincent, right? But of course, in the process, you know, as, as it is with you know with John Wick movies now, it's about the bounty. It's about hey, you yeah. you a killer? All right, cool. You gonna kill him or you gonna meme him before he even reaches this destination, right? And I'll stop there, right? So yes, you're right though in terms of it just being an action movie masterpiece, right? And that's how you have to look at it. Well, one of the best ways to look at this film here and the you know the franchise as a whole, right? It's the equivalent of watching a martial arts film, right? Yeah. Um, you know. Here's here's a perfect example, right? The first Ong Bak movie, right? Signed on um, Tony Jaa, right? That was the film that introduced the world to Tony Jaa, right? It's still yep. one of the great best martial films of all time, right? If you look at it like fundamentally as a story, right? 
Yeah, it'll work. It, 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 no, no, that's so. Like, in terms of, like, what it's about emotionally, right? It makes sense, right? You have Tony, who is this monk, and, you know, he had this this brother of his, you know, from the monastery, who leave and gone into the city now, and, you know, he getting involved in, you know, um, you know, the shady shit, and, you know, mm-hmm. underground um, fighting tournaments and stuff like that, right? You know, he, he just, but he don't even fight, right? But he just involved in that, right? And, um, of course, there was this thing with, I think it's the, um, oh gosh, I think it was some statue, I think it's the head of a statue was, was stolen by him. So right. basically, Tony had to go into the city to find that that statue, or the statue head, or whatever it is, right? But basically, all that will really matter the moment he jumped and hit a man with his knee. The moment that yeah. happened, story is thrown out of the window. Exactly. No, all you're just there is just to see him just beat the shit out of people. That is No, it's not a part I never forget where he jumped. He fold his body through this tiny space and jump through. Like, oh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the, the, but, but that, that, that's well, the, right. But that's the point I get that right. Where where the story is there, right? It's there right. to kind of hold things together. But really, at the end of the day, that's not what you come here to see. You yeah. just came here to see bullets and insane action sequences and right. just Keanu Reeves just being a badass. Well, at his, yeah. that, that's really all it. Yeah, the franchise I more compare it to is actually the uh well the raid franchise. Um well, yeah. Especially um, especially to see sequels with how they just amp everything up and how it exactly. everything gets, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And but as I say, it's, it's action cinema's art form, you know, at least what's okay about the story. Even though I think the story of the first raid is solid. Um, you know, it that's it's, no it's way just bare bones, straightforward, bare bones, you know, yeah. do a mission right. thing, really, right? Yeah, but yeah, well, the second bottle story, yeah, right. But then the second one was just going deep into like the whole corruption with right. the police and you know, yeah, um, the, the right. criminal organizations, all that kind of stuff, right? right. But yeah, at the end of that, in, yeah, yeah, in yeah, yeah, with yeah. that too, you're just there for the scene, really brutal action sequences, yeah. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I love the read, I love the read too, right? And yeah, I mean, this franchise is right up there as amongst yeah. the great action films right speaking of that though chad stahelski remember that name folks because he is going to be up there as amongst one of the greatest action directors i would say of all time dread and this franchise here is testament to that though the way how he was able to just step his game up with each and every film it's it's so funny that this film also references even in the third one even references the good bani ugly because yeah you could tell this guy was looking at, you know, Sergio Leone's come up as well too, right? With the Dulles trilogy, boy, and yeah, boy, the, how he just stepped things up with, with this with this franchise, boy, is amazing in my opinion, boy. This guy is up there as one of the greats, seeing this one time, right? And yeah, with this film, though, it's no different, though. He just stepped things up even higher with the set pieces. Um, the visuals for this, though, holy shit, though, you know what I mean? Like, it looked fantastic, boy. I was, I was yeah. seeing, I was making this joke with my friend. Him and his, um, his DP, boy, it yeah. was real showing off, boy. They were yeah. showing off, though, with these low, low angle shots. And uh-huh. you have shots with them going into, like, you know, um, there's big a, halls and museums yeah. and, you know, just these big shots of, like, paintings. Like, it, it reminds yeah. me even a bit of, like, Susan Kane with the mm-hmm. framing, you know what I mean, with the, with the large wall and how the characters um, is blocked there. Like, bro, like, wow, like, like you real, like, weighing your influences on your sleeve, dude. But, but I love it, I love it, but yeah, yeah. that was a real shoot off of that movie, boy. My god, no, no, there are a lot of like cool ideas written. Uh, they had like one great shot that, that where you just walk in and he in complete black with black hair and he just come up in the snow and it just following him, following that simple shots like that. Yes, yes, it looked yes. good, 
Good for him. Um, even yeah, yeah, uh, an example to um, the, the the stuff in in Japan. Well, Osaka to yeah. be precise, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a shot with John, and you see like this red neon light just shine uh, on him, and this cherry blossom tree. I'm like, all right, bro, yeah, 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 yeah. Show, show off, bro, show off, now. You know what I mean? So yeah, but I just love that aspect of just treating something as seemingly basic and straightforward as action, and treating it treating it as art. Though, like I was watching, it's like. Yeah, this is kind of like what um like what like a Dario Argento would do as far as horror films in the seventies or right uh, or like what Quentin Tarantino would do it to this genre cinema, right? They're saying yeah, it's the kind of stuff that I would watch in the seventies. You would see it in some grindhouse, right? It's that kind of stuff, but I make it look real um classy, right? And I would say yeah, this is the same thing that Chad and his team do here behind the scenes, where they make this thing look really really classy, right? Um, and I mean, when it comes to acting, though, we'll talk about acting, though, right? When it comes to acting, you get what you get, right? You know, there's, there's actors who do a lot of heavy lifting. So I would say Ian McShane, once again, he does a lot of heavy lifting here, but he does it very well. Um, some of these side characters also do it as well. There's this one guy, um, I think it's right, Clancy Brown, who shows up. I didn't expect to right, see him. Right, yeah, I forget you. Yeah, he was, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. well, he, he did have a lot to say. Yeah, he yeah. was doing some heavy lifting here because he's basically the guy who was helping out um, Vincent, right? Um, even Bill, I, I would say that his his actor was was pretty solid as well, right? Yeah. Um, Donnie Yen, you know, I mean the OG, right? You know, he was great as Kane. Again, it's the trope of you know he's blind, but he could the still kind of see his way throughout yeah, a fight yeah. scene, and not right. just a fight scene, a gunfight scene too. Eh? Right. He could still see his way through it. Eh? Right. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. Buy into just roll with it, it's guys. It's like that, right? It's like that, right? Um, even um Hiroki Sonata, he he gets some time to shine, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I was I was a little let down that he didn't get much to do. That's a lot of say. I was a little let down by that. But the moment when he was on screen, I was like, all right, yeah, 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 yeah. He he do anything. And I think that apparently he wants to produce some kind of big feature or produce or direct some feature later on. I think this was like him kind of saying, Yes, treat me seriously. I'm not just the typical Japanese actor that you get because Ken Watanabe not around doing right. stuff. So, you know. Put bring me into this film here. Nah, the man like really serious about it, right? Of course, Lawrence Fishburne. Of course, you know my boy. Yeah, he is still you know right. a crowd pleaser as the Bowery King. I just love how cocky he is and how theatrical he is, right? You know Lawrence, he come from a theatrical background, right? So it make a lot of sense, right? So let me talk about Keanu Reeves for a bit, right? <laughs> and here's the thing, right? like I had a conversation with a good friend of mine about his acting in this, right? So yes. <laughs> I don't want to say that his acting is bad, right? But is the he's he's being stoic, right? And I have to accept that actors will play stoicism in their own way, right? Like Dwayne Johnson will play it his own way, <laughs> um, Batista will play it his own way, Schwarzenegger will play it his own way, Stallone will play it his play it his own way, right? So Keanu Reeves will play it his way, right? But is that sort of speak little, kind of show, kind of look tough, kind of say yeah or Winston? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, he would talk like that, right? <laughs> but I can understand some people watch this, even throughout the whole series, and saying, boy, you really can't act to save your life, boy. Like, why you, why you, why you being so wooden, right? Here's, right. here's my defense, right? Again, with the stoicism, right, right? Stoicism part, right? For me, I see it as, he is just so desensitized as a killer. Right. Like, he will always remember his wife, and Ever so often, remember his dog, right? But he is just so desensitized as a as an assassin, right? And it's a trope in action cinema fr- from since time immemorial, right? You know the, the 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 killer who is so worn down by you know years of killing that he is 
just almost not human anymore, right? So yeah, that's why he doesn't even talk to people. There's like a moment where he's talking to Winston and he barely says much. He always keeps his dialogue at a minimum. We can kind of get why he's like that, you know. You know, he's he's thinking about a lot, man. He he dealing with a lot, you know. What I mean, so I can defend the acting for that, right? But I would admit there are some moments where it's like, yeah, all right, you, you're doing the stone face thing a little too much. You're doing the bad line delivery a little too much. Sorry, I won't say bad. It's just it's basic. Just like no, the yeah, problem is that okay, the problem is that, yeah. You know? No, the problem is that you trying to be personal, but in a scene, I like, try to make joke or whatever. It's that it's still a bad line. You're like, all right, you're gonna you're gonna just. Re- Keanu, you're going to read that over. Come on, man. <laughs> I, I know, but I really feel it's intentional. I'll, I'll close that. I feel it's right. intentional. I no feel problem. it's purposeful why yeah, it's he does yeah. it like that. Because I've been mean, in the game for like decades now, right? right. You know what? People probably throw boy improve your actor there. You know I mean? <laughs> so right. it's like, all right, I, I'm going to do that, but I'm just going to double it. I'm going to dial it back to a few notches a little bit less now. So you get that, right? But you have to buy into it because it's John Wick, right? But then also another defense I'll make now. It's a genre. It's it's a it's a it's a genre right. film. So you're not here to see Stella acting from Keanu Reeves. You have to see him be a badass, right? And yes, of course, physically he sells it, right? The moment the just the first scene you see him in, right? In a in a sort of like I kind of see it as a as a um as a Ip Man tribute, you know, him, right. you know, you know, do the punch, the hard punch. And points for that sound design though, because yeah, when I saw it in theaters, I just hear boom for every punch that man make. I was like, yes. Keep it at that volume. I, I like that. Keep it like that. Keep it like that, right? But yeah, it, it's like that, right? He's selling the physicality of it, and it works. Um, Yeah, just on screen, though, he is just amazing. Though, whether he is, you know, giving characters headshots or just fighting a guy down, a guy who's, like, way bigger and tougher than him, right? Um, Speaking of that, though, just to touch briefly, right? Scott Adkins, though, like... um. Yeah. What they do with him though, like with the body, with the with the fat suit, technically, yeah. and him just being so tough and intimidated, that catches me by surprise. But the set yeah. piece is absolutely worth it, right? Even yeah. though it is a repeat of the first film where it's in a nightclub and everybody dancing, yeah, yeah. but you're seeing people get shot at and two hardback man beat each other up, and oh, but the music, though, the music are all good. I did that right. shit. It's it's that right, but I have to give credit for this expanding on the look of that full scene okay yeah in terms of a set piece that was amazing right but yeah just scott adkins are giving him some moments to shine as well too though but yeah as a character it, it worked right but i'll talk about pacing with him in a bit right but yeah um we really come here to see keanu do his thing and he really really does it. he really sells those action scenes whether he is doing the, the way whether he's doing the hurting or getting hurt as well yes right. he gets hit by cars a lot yet he, he falls <laughs> a lot uh there's a moment involving a flight of stairs a famous flight of stairs that is go, going to go down with one of the most impressive set pieces i've seen in this franchise bar none though that is so clever i imagine some tiktokers are gonna make fun of that very soon you know what i mean yeah but it totally works though right but yeah it works right um you run time now yeah here's the thing i will admit though it runs for far too long for its own good but i do praise the ambition though i do praise the ambition saying again taking these taking a page from sergio leone right so this is his good the bad the ugly right this is my epic film right that's what it is right yeah. so yes that will make the long um, the run time longer right but yeah there are a few moments that really do drag case in point is one involving scott adkins character himself right and while i get what he was doing in terms of bill intention i was just there like all right, let's just get to the point where everybody pull guns and start shooting each other up, right? Mm. You know, that that's what we yeah. come here for, right? So, yes. Um, 
for some people, the runtime will be way too much too. But again, I I just admire it from just from the ambition, just the ambition of it though. I admire. But yeah, I I would achieve off 10, 50 minutes from it. You say forty five, I would achieve. 10 15 from it right but they, they really do make the most of the time that they have with that with that screen time they have you see here's what we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have a little moment of downtime yes we're gonna let characters breathe and talk and whatnot but we're not gonna forget the fact that you come to see an action movie right and yes yeah. you get some extended action scenes like that I mean, top down scene, though, for example yeah it, it works right and yes those scenes run Pretty long, right? But they really no, to be fair, yeah. To be fair, it it I, I wasn't bored. Eh? It wasn't like I was. Oh, this was real. You know, get it. But yeah, it was. It still needed to cut. Like, as I, I okay, forty five minutes is a bit much. Eh, to be fair, but like, you know, I just felt this could have been a two hour movie given the amount of, and then you, you pack it with more action. Uh, but yeah, they do their thing. Two hour forty five minutes. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they did right. Um, well, well, few things for you before before I get to my reader, right? Um, I forgot to mention you get some new characters. You get um Shamir Anderson who plays um Mr. Right. Nobody. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was good. Um, yeah. he is like the equivalent to what um uh, or oh, Halle Berry's character was. Yeah. To the point it, with the dogs, right? That there's this, yeah, you know, he has this bit where he says nuts, right? And yeah, the dogs <laughs> just grab for your nuts, right? But yeah, for me, I was just there waiting for a relation between him and Halle Berry. I thought that they were similar somehow. Not just right, with the dog. Like, really. I thought that they were related somehow. And I was like, right, well, not no, yet. not really. You know what I mean? That was, that was weird. You know what yeah. I mean? But that was that was a kind of a missed opportunity. I felt they could have connected her, oh. sorry, him to her. Sure. Like, yeah, they were oh. related somehow yeah. or something. That's all they know. The whole, you know, dog attack thing. dog thing. Yeah, yeah you exactly. know what I mean? Like that, right? Yeah. Um, and how he works in these stories pretty were pretty uh, decent as well. Where it's like, yeah, I I I, I want to kill John too, but um, bump up the price, though. I love that. Right, I, right, I love that. Yeah. Let's just bump up the price for murder. You know what I mean? I love that, right? Um, the final sequence though was fantastic, in my opinion. I love how it kind of deconstructs, you know, everything that we've 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 come to expect with you know the the finals battle and the shootout and you know confrontation between the good guy and the bad guy. It works, right? Yeah. It's almost yeah. It, again, it's just it. Well, I would say without spoiling it, it kind of strips everything down to like the basic roots of what all this is about, right? And it totally totally works, right? I would say it's 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 um bringing it to the old school, but it absolutely works, right? Um. That being said, though, the ending itself. And where John ends up, that's all I'll say at this point. I think makes sense, right? I was surprised yeah. with. I'll, I'll try to see. I'll try to be as vague as possible, right? I was surprised that they pulled the trigger on that. I was like, okay, they're right. doing that. They're not gonna do some kind of cheap thing and say, oh, this is what really happens. Like, no, this they're really serious about this. Okay, okay, okay. But just looking back at the film itself, right, and the 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 um the narrative of this film in particular, right, and what we've got before too. It kind of makes sense that his story stops at this point too, because really, and after after give credit for um, well, you know, we could talk about writing for these, right? But there's a moment where um, Hiroki's daughters, right, well, the, the the character Rina's character says, yeah, basically everywhere you go, John, you just bring death with you, Dredd. So you just come here and you bring in all these people to kill us now. You know what I mean? So you can imagine somebody like John who has been going through all this hell, right? You have to you have to keep in mind, huh? the first three movies take place over the course of like a couple of weeks, sir. Huh? Think about that, eh? Right, yeah, yeah. Think about that. Oh, I should say about a week, the events of that, um, those three films take place, right? 
at a point in time, you had to stop trading. You had to, you had to stop running and really confront your problems, right? But I just love that moment where she says, literally, everywhere you go, you just bring a dead trend. So you had to stop running. And, and most importantly, I just have to give credit to the film for being smart enough to see this. Yeah, you had to stop on this part of revenge trend because all you're just doing is just leaving death and destruction in your wake trend. You had to stop. You had to, you, had to, you had to stop right there and just address the problem right there, right? So I actually admire the fact that it does not end with him taking out everybody in the high table it was just okay this one guy this one representative okay cool i'll stop here because legit i am tired of this right i am really yeah. legit tired right um also love the homages to various films so i mentioned goodbye and the ugly for example um there's a there's a great homage to the warriors right right to the to the right. warriors sorry when i saw yeah. that i was like all right would would i like that i like that i like that right i would say it kind of compresses the premise of the warriors into yeah. one full on action sequence and it works right but what why the show get points for me though is incorporated a i sorry an iconic figure from the warriors i was like when i saw i was like all right all right all right all right chad i see you right to the point that slight spoiler it involves a radio station right Right. When they call out the radio station, I was like, "All right, all right, Chad, okay, okay, okay." That was that was clever. I'd seen uh, me me as a fan of martial arts and me as a fan of that genre of martial art film um, cinema. I was like, "All right, all right, Chad, yeah, 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 action right but you have to admire also too even though it could get kind of convoluted at times the effort placed into expanding this world of these killers and the high table and all these things right it could get a little convoluted at some point too but it it kind of gives it kind of straightforward to just add a lot of gravitas to what's going on right and yeah just to just to give sense of this world that you know john um falls into right while I like the idea of, you know, potential films in this universe and whatnot, uh, it, it, it's, it's Keanu. Sorry. Yeah. I, 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 I know. Keanu. I, yeah. Yeah. It, it, exactly. I, I think yeah. they could stop right here. But yeah. I mean, it, it, it's making a killing for Lionsgate, right? I mean, this movie is the highest grossing film in the series thus far, right? Right. So, I mean, if the studios say, hey, let's, let's make more films, you know, and Chad is willing to do it, okay, remember, at the end of the day, it's his creation. Yeah, you could say yeah. And if you know Keanu interested, he could come. You know, you he could come to as well. I, right? I think the problem but, is but that a little iffy with the the prequel stuff. Like they say, they want to show the early yeah. beginnings of the Continental. Like we really yeah. need to see that. But here's the reason yeah. why. And I'll stop here. I'll shut up. Right? Um, because as much as I enjoy and appreciate the world building here and how very graphic novel inspired it is, I feel like if you go back to the very beginnings of it. That's where that story will start to unravel, <laughs> and then you'll well, start to see flaws and just be like, "All right, but why? But why are they doing this here now? That mean that what we see here in this current series here don't make no sense." You know, what I, mean? I, I think the story will unravel the more you start to expand it with other characters, right? So that's just my opinion. Yeah, no. Um, as I say, again, is where you're coming for now. My problem, my thing is that look, the cell is Keanu, as in you have a star. I'm going to see Keanu kick ass. So. I don't really care about extra stuff in the world because, like, the world building not that interesting to begin with. When you think about it, in the first movie, it kind of was. 
kind of. Yeah, because right? you were surprised that there was all this and deep ex- stuff exactly. going on. Right? Exactly. Yeah. You was expecting because you wasn't expecting all this world building. And you yeah, just yeah, that's a, you, you was like, we were all expecting a super revenge story. That was all we wanted. That's all right. we, we were expecting. Yeah? Then we get all the stuff with the continental and gold coins. Right. You're like, what? Okay. Okay, cool. Right. And then afterwards it just expired even more. And what, again, while I appreciate it, I, I really do. Um, and it gives it a very new nourish feel to it too, right? And right. of course, that's complimented by the visuals, right? But again, I just feel like if you just go back to the beginnings and explore this character, ting, 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 it's like, all right, it, you just kind of unravel everything and then you kind of lose the essence of what this show, this franchise is about, right? But yeah, I talked long enough about this. Um, yeah, hands down, one of the best movies of 2023, bar none, one of the best action movies. I don't want to say of all time, but obviously of this decade thus far, right? Um, and I really have to applaud um, Chad Boy for just stepping his game up to with each and every film. Do and I, 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 I'll close this right. For me, what makes this this franchise so special way is giving action stars right and um and choreographers and um stuntmen right. Yeah, just just a moment to shine though. Just something on screen that that lives that will live on dread as a testament to their craft, right? What they've been doing for, for years and years, you know, um in front of the cameraman. You know what I mean? This is just a love letter true and true to the stuntman, right? But then also a love letter to the genre of action, right? Because yeah, regardless of what it, how how you feel about seeing characters get beat up or knocked on by cars or getting nuts bit by dogs or getting headshots or whatnot. Yeah, I mean, fundamentally, just just as human beings, we love action, right? And right. yeah, this show is a testament to that, right? Series wise, for me, I'm gonna give this a very light four and a half out of five, man. This is absolutely we're checking out on big screen. I saw it with our audience as well too. We we were having fun with it as well. Yeah, I um, if you want to, you can wait next month till it comes out. You know, uh, on VOD, I I will watch it when it comes out there. Um, well, just basically to see the RIP for Lance Reddick do. And before I forget, right. just again, RIP to Lance Reddick do. You will yeah. always be Charon, uh, Charon, sorry, in our eyes, and of course other characters, right? But yeah. in this film, in this series here, you will always be that, right? And yeah, I mean, this series though will will go down as one of the, the best um, action um, franchises I would say ever made, right? And yeah, part four is just living proof of of how of how um, I don't say timeless. But yeah, how how much this 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 franchise is gonna stand the test of time, man. So right. yeah, I praise this long enough, Ricardo. Final thoughts are written. No, yeah. Um, again, if, if I, I'm not going into it for for the story or whatever, it's like that. I, I'm not there for that. As I say, I, you know, I make my peace in that sense. It's much agree with Passing Furious franchise. The question is, if if I'm not, um, if you have to entertain me, and again. Uh, they do that. Um, full, full stop. In fact, it, it it's borderline. As I say, I have no problem calling it a borderline action cinema masterpiece. Um, they really do a good job with it. Um, oh god, I forget the name of the film, the name of the game, um, the, the the game that came out. I think Hong Kong City or something like that, or Hong Kong Action. But yeah, uh, you know, yeah, we get you know, I had to give it a real high score because simply because we get Hotline Miami, right? Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, and, yeah, and, and speaking of that, though, I would love to see a behind the scenes of how they do that because I want to assume that it was done in, in yeah in, in one long take and they did like VFX certain shots, maybe a shot or two here or there. But I want to believe that every piece of movement that Keanu does and that was all in one take, right? They didn't cheat it or anything like that, you know. Right. Uh, but yeah, I I just was just so so impressed with with, with this overall. Um, you know, it just it, everything does look good, good shots. Good thing. Oh, Hong Kong Massacre. That is the name of the game. Um, so look at right, Hong right. Kong Massacre. It's more like that than than Hotline Miami, to be fair. Uh, okay, but yeah, okay. uh, but yeah, I I just was just so impressed and, and um you know just 
you know, just overall, it's just damn good filmmaking, you know, across the board. Action, stunt work, um, even though it's real silly and over the top. Um, they, 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 they nail it. They nail what you're supposed to do with this kind of stuff. So, yeah, uh, Rayton, if, listen, if I could just cut the storytelling part out of this and thing, Rayton, it'll probably get, like, close to uh, a 9 or 10 out of 10. But, you know, if I have to take the storytelling into account, it drops it about a point or two. So, I'll say it, it's like a, a 7 out of 10, closer to 8, to be honest, um, as it is. Um, I still like this much more than, than 2 and 3, uh, but it's not as, not as good as 1, in my humble opinion. Um, but it's still because they just go, you know, ball to the wall with, with the action. Um, and it kept me entertaining the entire time. I, I really dug it for what it was. So, yeah, 7 out of 10, I'll say, closer to 8. Right, right, right. And last thing, last way. Um... Uh, I'm going to add this to my bucket list, right? One day, I'm going to binge through this whole series. I'm gonna, Sorry, yeah. I'm going to marathon this whole series. One yeah. after the next. Yeah, that would be like, what? Close to seven yeah. hours of just no, shootouts. Yeah. And, you know, just yeah, like, that, that, that could be like a film. Yeah, like, I can't wait. Tool, you know? Yeah, that's like, say, uh, we, we run into John Wick franchise. And, you know, you, you invite people to come. And that is it. And, you know, yeah. you just come, come for one and then, you know, tell them come for midday. It ends in seven. Chill out. Whatever. Normal thing. Yeah, yeah, that 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 could be fun times, but but yeah, I mean we've talked long enough. John Wick Chapter Four is a real deal. The franchise is a real deal. Um, I I I don't know what the future is gonna be for this though. Again, I really iffy about the whole prequel aspect of it though. But yeah, the, the again, prequel, the prequel and spin-off stuff. I, I can't see any of that working to be honest. Um, but whatever, you know they could try. Um, but the simple because the simple fact is that yeah, you don't know the, the main star have to be a marketable star like, unless it gets somebody popular to spin off off of. Um, and wit, uh, Cassie working like they have that guy who was the Mr. Nobody. I thought he was great, but he's not a big star, you know. Sorry. No, no, he so, is right. Yeah, and as you bring up Fast and Furious, um, Hobbs and Shaw, anybody remember that? That was right, supposed to be a right. spin off, and right. it was cool. I enjoy for what it was, but like, but it, is, you know, like it, it, is, it didn't need to be. Or I should say, I, it still kind of feels independent of the of the uh, the franchise that we right. know and, and love, right? right? So yeah, it's, it's, you know, but it was, was an attempt at a spinoff, but like we don't really need any more of those. And yeah. I feel that will be the issue that you know this franchise will well, run to if it does uh, spinoff. So as, as I say, with with Hobbs and Shaw, Hobbs and Shaw were still two big stars like playing off each other. They they had the big chemistry, you know, in Fast and Furious, and they already two. And then on top of that, they got next big star to come. Um, yeah, yeah, Idris Elba. Yeah. Idris Elba, right. So th- that's the problem with this. Who are they going to get that I had to think, way boy, there's a big name, a big face I recognize. I can't see who, who's other than Keanu Reeves. Who else are going to get? Don Yen, maybe? I, I don't know. Uh, they can't get nobody. They could, but, yeah. you know, yeah. You see my point, eh? I, yeah, yeah, I do, I do. Top, yeah. So whatever. Well, we will see. Right. So as, as John Wick usually says... Yeah, that that that's the best way to sum up uh, John Wick Chapter Four, right? Just right. just a big year. All right. So with all that being said, Ricardo, where could people find you online? Yeah, uh, I'm That is at RMDD on Twitter, and that's it. Uh, Facebook. No, 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 Twitch no more. No, 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 that didn't work out. Well, it's it's something I was Sorry. supposed to do. I ended up spending the money for something else. Uh, okay, right, right. Uh, ever so often, sorry, I should say once in a while I'm on TikTok and and, and Twitter, but usually I'm on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Uh, all of the links you'll find in the link tree link in the description to this podcast here. You'll also find my Fiverr gigs because I also, you know, review albums and, you know, indie films. Also in the YouTube and Facebook links, you'll find exos from today's episode of BBB Radio, along with other episodes of Retrospect Reviews and BS Beats and Bailey. 
So uh, stuff stuff to look forward to. Uh, you know, before Good Friday or I should say Easter weekend, uh, we get to the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yes, this is yeah. very hyped for this one. Yes, and I'm now wondering if cinemas are going to be open Good Friday because um, like you know, it usually has me home as watch my little Bible, uh, um, biblical, uh, um, epic film and whatnot. But you know, I wouldn't mind going and watching this on on a Good Friday. You know what I mean? No, no, you know, yeah, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't is, mind. That, that, that's, that, that, that's a perfect weekend for As I say, I really want to see what the numbers going to do for this because this is going to be an interesting dip in the tour of the waters and this general conversation. I talk about transmedia. I, I tell people, watch this, hmm. watch this Mario movie. Be careful. Yeah, it could be a big game changer. I ain't sure. Not sure, but you know, it had something roughly 10 years ago that was a big game changer, and you know, the, we never looked back, and that was called The Avengers a little uh-huh, over 10 years uh-huh. ago. Yeah, so that was the big one. So we go see with this, we will see. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, also, you know, speaking of retrospect reviews, uh, we'll talk about the OG Super Mario Brothers because, yes, sure, we'll be 30 <laughs> years old this year, you yeah. know, what I mean? so we yeah, might exactly. as well, we might as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, we might as well, right? Um, I have not been watching Quantum Leap, but I believe it's finishing. Right, this yeah, week, right. So I'll guess talk about that have, next week, yeah. yeah can I'll talk, talk about, about that. Tomorrow is the finale. All right, nice, nice, nice. Um, yeah. we also supposed to be getting air, keeping fingers crossed, because right. I really want to see air, I really want yeah. to see it. Um, in my case, you know, I may not talk about it, you know, for the next episode, but the following week, most likely. Uh, I will talk about Wu-Tang, an American saga. That will sure. be wrapping up this week, um, but I may not talk about it till the following week, right? Um, I'll, I'll only review the first episode, sorry, the first season. I'll have to repost it because I realized I did actually put up my review of it on YouTube, but I did talk about it the first season when it came out, so I'll actually put this out, I'll put that episode out or review out sorry as a you know throwback episode if you will on my youtube channel I'll most likely do that right um also other stuff to look forward to just quickly um evil dead rise sure. you know we that that that's that's you know as an evil dead fan i'm really excited to see that uh redfield you know that 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 looks really cool you okay. know, it, it, it's uh you know it's it's, it's nicholas cage playing dracula you know so it could oh, be right, fun, right, right. I, I saw the trailer for this yeah that looking cool yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really want it to work. I really want it to work, yeah, right? Right. Um, you know, and of course, next month we have, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Right, we have yeah. Fast X to look forward to. Uh, the Little Boobied, I guess. Okay, right. <laughs> it, it, it could be good. I see. It could yeah, be we good. We will see. Well, oh, last but not least, it'll be something else to look forward to in April. Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, once and always. Right, be good. so I know they had some drama with that, good. and I know the, the Pink Ranger not coming back, and well... The, um, yeah, no, well, the well her, excuse, uh, her excuse apparently is because she's too old, I think okay. that's what she said, yeah. Right. Yeah, she's too old for it, so I, I, I don't know, I, I, I just see Cobra Kai all over again, but I love Cobra Kai, so... Okay, I, I yeah, like yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's not, that's, not bad, that's not a bad example to reference off of. Yeah, this is going to be the Cobra Kai. I know the, the guy, did he, did he film anything for it, the guy, um, Tommy, the actor, remember, he, he passed. Oh, right? um, him, before he died, I don't know, I know. But I have to look out for like an RIP tribute to him or something like that. But um, okay. I'd be happy if at least he was in the film somehow, not just as a tribute, but like as a as a main aspect of the story. But I, I, right. I guess we'll see when that comes out on Netflix uh, at the end of well, most likely near the end of April. Right. And yeah, that's pretty much about it. So once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you're listening to this. This was Match Bailey and Ricardo Medina. And we are signing off for another episode of BBB Radio. So until the next one, take care, stay safe in and out. Peace.